Hey, this is episode 151 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It's October. We're talking about horror games. I think we picked some pretty good games to talk about this episode. Some pretty obscure and collectible ones. We're talking about PC games you probably haven't heard of. We're talking about modern reprints you should watch out for. All that kind of stuff. So tell your mom about the show. Give us five stars in iTunes and let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan. Hey, uh, what? No, I don't say hey. <laughs> what happened hey. there? Like that, I threw off my whole rhythm. I don't, I don't know. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan. What is going on, guys? Yo. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to tell you that we can't be friends anymore, because you stole $100 from me. <laughs> Oh, we're just gonna I, like, put I, out I said there that this I'm a is thief. a thing he wants to die on, huh? All right. <laughs> you stole yes. Johnny and I's favorite games. Are we just going straight into this? <laughs> well, I mean, we might as well. We we never talk about what the topic is for five ten minutes. So let, let's get into how Stefan is a complete trash. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Let's get this out of the way. That way, we'll have something to talk about during. What are you buying? Yeah. What are you playing? And it, Stefan won't just like wreck us immediately. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, so I acquired a, another copy of the Nintendo World Championships. Uh, oh, did you know? Another copy of an I, I NWC. Did, I did. And, uh, and on uh, uh, Video Game Sage, there is a user who is uh, paying people for photos of undiscovered NWC cartridges and f***ing Tyler, like, I share, like, the, the, because I've been working on this for a little bit, so I shared this picture with Tyler and Johnny of this cart that no one had seen before as an undis- previously untracked NWC, and f***ing Tyler gives it to the dude and, like, tries to get his $100. So, to me, to I feel clear, like I Tyler, not try to get the I feel like Tyler is that what happened? owes no. me $100, is what I'm saying. Is that what actually happened? He offered me $100, but I did not take it because I just send him pictures of every NWC I see. And I said, do you have pictures of this one? And every single time, this is, this is Joe Leo on Video Game Sage. And every time that I send him an NWC, like there, there are NWCs I've seen that have literally been posted on Facebook for two minutes and then deleted. And I saw them, saved the picture, sent it to him like, bet you don't have this one. And he's like, already got that one. So you sent me an NWC and you're like, this is undiscovered. And I'm like, I'm in Stefan's inner circle. I'm going to show Joe Leo a picture of an NWC <laughs> he's never seen before. And he's like, yeah, Stefan just told me about that 15 minutes ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then he offered no, here, to still give me the $100. I'm not doing it for the $100. I'm doing it because I want to win the respect of Joe Leo as someone who can find him an NWC. And I never will. I never will. <laughs> hold, hold on. I just, both of you, knock it off. Go to your respective corners. <laughs> I need to, I've got questions that I need them answered. Did either one of you get a hundred dollars? Uh, not no. yet, but this but is he a- did. He did ask for my PayPal address. All right. Cause I was going to say, this is a f-ing fiasco if it didn't happen. Yeah. So we should both be mad at Joe Leo is, is no, no, I'm just saying he's Tyler, you're a putz. You should have just taken the hundred dollars. 
right? No, like, I'm not. I, I, could, I would consider that, 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 Joe Leo a professional acquaintance, if not a friend. So there's no way I'm taking his f***ing money. This story would be so much better if you actually took the $100. Well, right, really that's what I'm be. telling you. Like, that's what I'm getting to. Tyler, you're messing up the story equity by not taking the $100. It was worth $100 for you to do the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am strangely about this. I'm here for that. I, I, yeah. I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. So, so wait, 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 wait. What if I go to that private message and I send him my PayPal address and be like, you know, I'm the one who sent you the picture first. Hey, and then I just see what happens. Tyler, Tyler. When he, when he asked if me for you, my... Ad- well, no, go ahead. I'm just going to say, one, Tyler's never bargained with anyone in his life, so that's <laughs> definitely not happening. But if you did, I would have so much respect for that moment. Yep, I would too. That you just went for it. And Stefan wouldn't even be mad I, I might even like give you like another $100 if that happens. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh. I guess we should also clarify that uh, NWC, like the least interesting thing that Stefan picked up. <laughs> also, it's great. It's probably not the highest graded NWC ever, like his last NWC, but it's a really nice NWC. It is a really nice NWC. It's probably a solid, I don't know, but they, they, there's one scratch on it that's pretty significant, so it might be like a seven or an eight, I'm going to say. Oh, boo. <laughs> oh. Oh, Stefan, I'm so sorry that you only got a seven. You know what? If you guys, if you guys are gonna be shitty about it, then I'm gonna at least embrace it. I'm just gonna. I don't know if we were being shitty about it. I don't recall being shitty about it. But when you're like, oh, I got another NWC, you immediately brought out the fat cat Stefan voice. So then, well, yeah, because obviously, did you hold on? Did you just collect a? ton of prototypes and an nwc yes or no i did 16 prototypes and an nwc uh see how i just said i didn't even list the number and then you had to clarify exactly how many that's why fat cat stefan this isn't an informational podcast johnny people want to know the numbers that that's true but i was (laughs) see i wanted to see if you would say the numbers because i wasn't going to say your numbers for you yeah and you instantly are like oh it was 16 16. Mm. Hmm. of course you did Quite. There you go. That's fa- that's why the fat cat Stefan, because you get fat catty sometimes, <laughs> and and this is one of those times, and you're a little smug about it, and you know it, <laughs> and it's fine. And yes, Tyler and I are a little bit jealous. Also, totally fair. Like <laughs> to be fair, out of the pe- sixteen prototypes, there's only fifteen games, Johnny, because there are two Final Fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, and, and and the reason, like, I don't care about, all, like, the ninja guy. Like, I don't care about it. I don't even care that he got an NWC. Like, Stefan knows. There's not, like, it's not that I'm not easily impressed because that's an impressive haul. It's uh, amazing that you got it. That It's an amazing find of uh, historic uh, relics of our hobby that are awesome. But, you know, that doesn't, like, really do anything for me. And I typically, I'm not a person who's jealous of other people's collection. But I have such a weird emotional tie to Final Fantasy. Like, especially NES and the Super Nintendo. Like, Final Fantasy 1 and 2. And you're like, oh, I have two Final Fantasy prototypes. My, I was literally like, F- you, Stefan, goddammit. <laughs> and I don't care about, and like, that's just an honest moment. Like, people can be like, I can't believe you like that. Don't, don't act like that. People, I know how you are. People get jealous. I normally don't. I'm normally a little bit okay with things like this, but I was like, oh, I felt like a weird, like, jealousy pain that I normally don't ever feel. So I was a little jealous, I'm but I, I still think it's awesome that you got them. I think it's awesome that they were discovered. Yeah. Uh, no, this, s- this was one of those, like, 
Um, you know, cause sometimes I'll reach out to people and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, there's like a box of stuff and someday if I find it, then I'll let you know. And so like, th- these were literally like rotting in a garage, right? Like a untemperature controlled environment in which like in X amount of years, if they stayed there, something horrible could have happened to them. So in fact, like one of them, I had to clean up considerably. I got it to boot, but like the Dragon Warrior 2 prototype was was covered in rust so yeah i was i was from from a like making sure that they're safe standpoint i was very pleased um with this particular hall because they were in a like a gross garage for 30 years i didn't even remember the dragon warrior 2 was part of that lot yeah like also (laughs) another like he's got the like weird prototypes that i would care about would be like a zelda prototype final fantasy and dragon warriors and you found final fantasy and dragon warrior prototypes and and the dragon warrior map and i'm just like what the f what the so, hell was happening, Johnny? I want to say at least you just lived down the street. You can always that's true. Them. Like I, I, and I sincerely mean if it, if, like if it's not going to be you or Tyler, like if it's going to happen to someone, I'm glad. If it's not me, I'm glad it's you or Tyler. Yeah. Right? Um, because I like you don't want to say I know it's going to the right place because I'm sure there's lots of like collectors who would do great and proper things with it, but I personally know both of you, so I can go visit them. Oh, I, I definitely feel the same way. I'm happy it's not like some guy who's just going to resell them for 10 times the price. I'm or just in this happy case. it's not the water group, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh. So, Johnny, I am I am a jealous person, so I will look at someone's PC game collection, and it'll be a wall of 150 games, and I will have 140 of them, and my eye will immediately focus and be like, Doom 2 screensaver. I don't have that. Is my collection really up to par here? I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm good Who enough Who am I here. as a person? But high-end stuff and prototypes are things I specifically don't care about. Like, I see someone, like, Stefan getting an NWC, whatever. That's, like, such a Stefan thing to do. Oh, I found an undiscovered (laughs) NWC. Like, I'm never going to own an NWC, so I don't care. Prototypes, specifically NES prototypes, I don't care about because they're just translations. Because the real game was made in Japan. This is just some prototype, like, fixing it up for the U.S. audience with English text. But Ninja Gaiden 3 is a game I specifically love because they <laughs> fixed it in the NES version, and it's not like an easy Kirby game like the Famicom version. So I'm very happy for you, Stefan, and I hate you. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I feel like a lot, like most titles I don't give a shit about, but like, you find like two of the games and I'm like, oh, those are like two of my favorite Nintendo games. That's, it's not like you found like, like, RC Pro-Am is a good game that I like, but if you're like, I found an RC Pro-Am proto, I'd be like, that's fine, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) That would be literally everyone's reaction to an RC Pro-Am. You know, but uh, Final Fantasy, holy shit. Anyways, what what else do you want to tell us about it before we get into the meat of the episode? No, I think that's it. When are you dumping them? All right. Uh, they, so, um, I, I don't, this, this has to be common knowledge by now, but, um, WADA is ramping up a new certification process for their, uh, prototypes specifically that they're going through Frank Cifaldi. So, um, who is like the guy I would probably send them to, to get dumped anyway. So I'm just gonna get them graded and Frank's gonna dump them for me. So, uh, so that, that's. I'm just going to send them in. So however long that takes, and that's how long it'll be before they're done. How long before they're in some rainbow colored shell that you start selling them for like $40 on Nintendo age. Oh wait, Nintendo age is <laughs> not going to be me, uh, but video I'm games sure they will be all over yeah. fucking Etsy. Yeah. That's so gross. Um, anyway, uh, again, congrats, but let's, Thanks. let's tell everybody what this episode is. Uh, now that we've properly roasted Stefan for being 
just doing again the most Stefan thing possible. <laughs> but um, maybe like even in Stefan terms, this is probably his best pickup ever. Yeah, I mean, I I did kind of post that. I was like, you know, sometimes I say like, oh, I don't know how I'll top this, but like normally I'm joking when I say that. But this I, time I'm not really sure. Is it like I'm I'm torn between this and the and the last art box? Yeah, like all that stuff was one of a kind. So uh, definitely to the right person, I think the art stuff would be better. But it's just sure. so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, again, but like, and that art stuff had a dragon warrior map. Again, like, there's rare things that I care about. Like, if you pulled like. Something like a Castlevania, like weird art that I'd never seen, or you know, a Castlevania prototype. These are the things I care about, um, and it's weird that you like, you know. There's only like, you know, five Nintendo games I hold in that kind of regard, and you found two of them. So that's <laughs> weird. Um, like Ninja Gaiden Three, I'm just like, oh, cool. Tyler's like, what the? You know, he's losing his mind. But <laughs> what the? I'm like, ah, oh, Stephen, ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. That's Ninja exactly Gaiden, who cares? Um, so, anyways, we're doing a Halloween episode because it is that time of the year. It, uh, as I say every year, it is my just my favoriteest time, and we get to talk about Halloween guys. I make these guys go find games that they otherwise wouldn't be looking or thinking about, and I'm like, all right, now tell us something collectible about them. I just drag them into my world like the podcast gets to be its uh, own thing, except for uh, these two episodes, the Halloween episodes, and the Christmas episode each year, and these guys are like, god damn it, why? It's that time of year. They're like over there cursing, and I'm over here, uh, you know, rubbing my hands together and just grinning even though it's only because you make us do it more than once yeah i you know be (laughs) yeah you should be happy that we go so long or i'd want four episodes when tyler first came on it was like a four episode deal Mm. like a month yeah that was rough Um, we did a bunch around christmas too in the beginning yeah and i think one or two still i could deal with the halloween stuff because horror is a great genre but like christmas there's so few games that you have to find the most tangential links to do a christmas episode but that's part of the fun, like it drawing those links and like showing people stuff they haven't seen is part of the fun. You're like, look at this weird one. That's like part of the joy of it. And the Ninja Gaiden Act like, Three has a snow level, so we're going to be talking about Ninja Gaiden. Um, look, we might we could do an episode of like games with the 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 best best winter scene in a game. Top top ten winter scenes in games. That, that's you know, not collectible, Johnny. This is a collectibles podcast. I said, and if they are collectible. Mm. already covered that mm. see um, the, also right. horror is built in because virtually ever every horror game except if it's on like the wii is collectible yeah but even the ones on the wii like are slightly collectible now um though like you know uh the wii the wii has a couple of special ones one day maybe we we'll, like we'll be so starved for content we'll do the five <laughs> best horror games on the wii and are they collectible Ooh. the answer is kinda <laughs> <laughs> Juan, that's the one. Thanks Juwan, for coming, everybody. Uh, House of the Dead Overkill. The, this game uh, uh, is worth $27 now, guys. Silent Hill Shattered Memory is on there. Oh, yeah, they just um, have that. You have Obscure. You uh, There's like a few. Obscure 2, which you can now get yeah. sealed on Wii. You could probably get four copies of that for less than a complete box Obscure on PS2. Oh yeah, just uh, spoiler alert. Uh, obscure on the obscure one on the PS2 is very expensive now. I don't. I don't want to give away too many. I don't want to make too many jokes. I don't know what's actually on you guys' lists of games here. It that is not on my list, though. I did think about talking about it. Um, anyways, 
guys, we we've got like you know. 13-ish games for you this Halloween, which is like, you know, 11 to 13, somewhere in there. I I don't know what the final number is going to be, but I'm sure it'll be in the episode title when we figure it out. So who wants to start with a game that, you know, this is like, I kind of rebranded them to So You Want to Collect for Halloween. We're basically just going to tell you about a game that uh, is Halloween-ish, that is a fun game to play or is a game you could play on Halloween or collect if you were like us. And, uh, you know, if it's expensive, if you got any like, uh, you know, specific notes about it, things you should know. That's what we're doing here. If you haven't listened to any of the uppers, other episodes, go back and we do the same thing. So uh, we're back at it. Who wants to go first? I'll go. No one. Okay, yeah. go. Uh, I'm going to start with Vampire the Masquerade Redemption for the PC. Oh, I thought uh, we said collectible. What? You thought what? what that we said collectible. <laughs> what is collectible? Uh, oh, so uh, this game is pretty easy to find, jewel case only. Um, it's it's a guilty pleasure for me. It's uh, I have very fond uh, teenage memories playing this game, um, and I think I so I'm not so I'm not a hundred percent sure whether or not this thing comes with a necklace. I have a very visceral memory in my head that there is a version of this that comes with a, a necklace that looks like the onk on the cover of, of the game. Um, so, but in looking at listings, I can't f-ing find a copy that has this necklace that I can like literally see in my head, like around my neck as a teenager. Um, but uh, so it may or may not, there may or may not be a, an edition that comes with a necklace uh, tchotchke. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty easy to find jewel case only. Um, if you just want to play it as for a playing copy, I I think it's like a like Windows 2000 game though, so I don't know if you uh, if you're gonna be able to play it on a on a modern solution. I'm sure you could probably DOSBox it or something. But uh, but I love the game. It's a third person adventure game based around the Vampire the Masquerade mythos. Um, and by White Wolf. Uh, by, by Witch Wolf, and. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to complete though, it's uh, it's more like in the like thirty to fifty dollar range, but it's not it's not that it's expensive as much as it just seems to be kind of difficult to find uh, complete. It's one of those things where it's rampant jewel case only, uh, but much less so as a CIB game. But uh, I, it's one of the one of the few Halloween games that I'll talk about that uh, I really really suggest you play and there's also a follow-up called vampire the masquerade bloodlines that's uh, uh also a great game so so and for people who don't know and this is true right Stefan, you don't really love horror games you're not like no i really this. hate them actually yeah so um for Stefan to have like one that he actually likes that's a serious recommendation uh follow-up question um did you ever larp was this something you larped I did pen and paper version. I didn't like actually because like um, Masquerade has like actual LARP rules. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a separate book. The Theater of the Mind's Eye. Um, but I did not partake. I did play. Yeah, I, pen- I was just I curious, did- like if you had to rock paper scissors people to make a no. decision, or, like take over. <laughs> no, city thank or God. Something. I uh, I um, I did play tabletop. Um, now we we my group avoided live action because around that same time, like the local police departments in like the Pasadena area were like actually cracking down on LARPers because they were like in our in our local scene, they were doing like uh, putting pentagrams on church grounds and then leaving them there. 
Hmm. Um, <laughs> so, so was this by chance? Was this like say two thousand four, two thousand five ish? No, I think this is more like ninety six, ninety eight, okay. somewhere in that range. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. So uh, for people who don't know, in Southern California, there was a very large vampire LARP scene. Um, I never got into LARP. I had some friends who were into it, which I teased mercilessly just because LARPing to me seems so silly. Um, but you know, it, it's not nice to make fun of things that people enjoy just, you know, for no good reason. I it was gentle ribbing, but, uh, yeah, there was a big LARP scene out here. Um, and I, you know, I don't know much about it except they all did it. I tried to ignore most of it except uh, I think one of my friends was Ventu Primogen. So if that means anything to anybody, there you go. That's uh, that's some <laughs> stuff I know. Um, I, I just the like Vampire LARP. If you've never seen, if you've never seen LARP, uh, like it's a lot of fun to participate. I'm sure, but if you are looking at it as an outsider, it looks like a very strange event, and you like see people like making big decisions like the rock paper scissors mechanics which is kind of funny you're just like what's yep. happening you're like they're playing vampire mike so why are they rock paper scissoring oh that's how decisions are made what the hell is going on now I'm, what yeah. <laughs> so uh, anytime i see any white wolf property or vampire the masquerade i'm always like larp even though i don't think this larp was specific to the masquerade anyways yeah, yeah. uh if you're into larp hey cool i i hope you are enjoying it and uh well probably not right now because coronavirus but um, I hope you enjoy it when you can do it. I know it's uh, big at Gen Con and stuff. So, anyways, Tyler, you ever LARP? Uh, I've never LARPed. Just play D anD D like a normal person, not a nerd, Johnny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> good. Good one. Yeah. Uh, most of my friends who LARPed, I I found out they LARPed through our D anD D game because you know I was too cool for LARP, but I was there for D anD D, much like Tyler. Yeah. Come on. We do talk about we do talk about the narcissism of my minor differences on this show. Uh and uh that's certainly a, I I remember like, you know, looking at LARPers as as being a tabletop gamer and be like, "Uh, yeah. that's uh that's Ugh. something." LARPers. Oh, those people nerds. having fun over there. Uh, <laughs> Why? I can't believe those nerds. Kept LARPing over there. Can they just be like did LARP like it up nerds. People? Yeah. Uh, um <laughs> So that, that that should be one of our buttons. Larp it up, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tyler, what is your first game for us uh, this Halloween season? Oh, I'll say uh, if you do on Vampire the Masquerade, you should buy it right now because it is kind of hard to find. And the first real vampire game in 15 or 20 years is coming out next year. So uh, get in before it gets hot. Ooh. I don't know if games get hot anymore. But uh, I, I don't know. There, man, there's another vampire game. Pick, vamp, vampire the Masquerade. I will hype the hell out of it because I don't give a shit <laughs> about it. Uh, there, man, what what is it called? There's like a new Castlevania S game coming out. Like, I think Vampires of Wallachia or something coming out soon. Oh, I meant va- new vampire game in like the vampire series because oh, like an actual because okay. like there's game. other vampire yeah. games besides uh, the Masquerade Redemption and uh, Bloodlines. Oh. There's like visual novels and stuff, but none of those count. So Bloodlines 2 okay. is coming out, which is, I think, the third real game in the series. Oh, nice. See? Bonus info. Yeah, yeah. go get it now. Yeah. All right, Tyler, what's your game? So this is a game I'm 80% sure I haven't brought up on a previous episode. Actually, every game I think I'm talking about, I don't own or I and I'm actively looking for or I'm looking for something tangentially related to it. So it's Cosmology of Kyoto 
for the personal computer, uh, which is a very trippy adventure game. I would say maybe in the style of LSD, because it's sort of like a non-linear narrative exploration-based game. Not that LSD really has a narrative. Uh, It's kind of similar to the new game World of Horror, maybe, if you've seen that. World of Horror is that black and white Japanese horror game that's kind of Lovecraftian. That's very hard. This is uh, a game that explores like religion and philosophy and Buddhism and like demons will kill you and you'll die and get resurrected. And depending on what you did in your previous life, you go to some different aspect of hell. I don't really understand how Buddhism works, but it explores all that kind of stuff. I guess its biggest claim to fame is that it's the only video game Roger Ebert ever liked. Uh, and it came out in 1995, to be clear. Uh, it was a very, uh, one of these mid nineties, very important games and being like, Oh, video games are art. This is real art. This, cause it's, it's this, this doesn't look like Robotron to me. What could this be? Is this a video game? And like now we're so far beyond that, but it is just a, a really cool narrative thing. I haven't seen one for sale in months. If I have seen one, maybe the minimum I've ever seen it, even like fleeting past my eyes was $300. Maybe it goes up to about $1,000. I'm mentioning it because I bet most people haven't even heard of it. But there are some very weird, rare, uh, usually Japanese computer games. Uh, This one got a... I'm talking about the US release for the... Still super expensive in the US release. Um, But... Yeah, this is uh, one of those games that you might not have even heard of that goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars to a vi- like actual cult classic, very tiny group of people. Yeah, I, I've never heard of this game. What it, what is uh, what system is this? What is computer? What is this PC? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a PC game. Uh, uh, it's PC maybe it's, I think it's Mac, too, but you don't care. OK, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know, go look it up. It's it's like everything is super dark and it it's not like. I don't know how to say it's not like Lovecraftian, like everything. Look at this guy. He's just made of four million mouths. But there is some like kind of weird, disturbing religious imagery in it. It looks super cool. I want to own it for less than a thousand dollars, preferably. I kind of want to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, To be clear, I don't have a price because there's none on eBay. It has never been discussed in the big box PC group. uh, And there's none on eBay completed. I, I can't even find a copy that's been for sale recently. Who knows? Who knows indeed? All right. This is where uh, we'll find out that this game doesn't exist and that uh, Tyler actually has a brain tumor. And that <laughs> yeah. uh, this Dude, is he's just <laughs> like LSD. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, someone should help Tyler. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go a little more modern and maybe games you do or do not exist. And I'm going to give you a double pack here. Um, saw one and saw two. These, to be clear, this is not a double pack. They don't come together. They should, but they don't. Uh, both of these games can be found on the Xbox 360 or the PS3. Both of them are very much like the Saw movies. In fact, um, a lot of the criticism that these games drew, uh, was the same that the movies drew for basically being like excessive, uh, torture porn esque. Uh, kind of games. I don't know if I agree with all of that. I think the first saw was like, yeah, there's a little dark. I thought that the idea of it was a little interesting, not, not completely original, but you know, it wasn't terrible. I think 
overall as a franchise, maybe I, I got a little fatigued after the second one, but I, you know, I'm not into that style of horror very often. I'm not going to tell people that that's complete garbage and they shouldn't like it, but that's a lot of the critics were very upset, especially because of one scene where you dig around in a dude's guts and looking for a key in the first saw game. So they were, what? That's and, uh, like, par- that sounds exactly like what you would do in a saw game. Right. Uh, I'm like if that isn't in the game, then is it really a saw game? That's my question. Um, but you know, whatever, teach their own. The interesting thing about these games for both systems is they're kind of hard to find. I mean, look, it's let me let me temp temper that a little bit with saying that it's on the Xbox 360 and the PS3. So hard to find for modern consoles means overly abundant, really. Like you can still mm-hmm. you can still get them, but you're not going to find as many as your average uh, you know, PS3 game doesn't mean there's not still a ton of them on eBay. The first one is a little bit trickier, and I don't know why this is, but saw one on the PS3 is like always missing its manual. Like always. I don't know what this is. Uh, when I was buying mine, I found it very difficult to find the manual. I was like, what is what is going on? And I, I looked for it for like a month and a half. There were ones with manuals, but they were like incredibly overpriced. So sometimes you'll have to fish around. Uh, by overpriced, it's still like just 35 to to $50. It's in that range. It's not it's not too expensive. Saw 2 is a little more expensive on the PS3 at like can be up to like $50 while the Xbox uh 361 is like 25 to to 35. So imagine you're paying in the range for either of these games 35 to $55, put it in that, but make sure that you get the one with the manual because it's a modern game and if you're buying them disc only, you're just or uh, disc in case you're you're doing yourself a big disservice. Don't waste your time with that nonsense. Because you're uh, just going to buy another CIB copy later, right? And like tracking down the manuals for those, like sure you can do it, but that's your time is valuable. Stefan and I say this a lot. Your time is uh, valuable. Even Tyler's on this train now. Time is valuable. Don't do that to yourself. Just buy it complete. Like if you find it at a garage sale for a dollar, don't be like, no, I'm not wasting my time with that. Yeah, obviously the deal is right. We talked about this. In the last episode, if the deal is right, then whatever. But if you are specifically going to eBay, don't save that three dollars because you think you're going to find that manual one day. Just just buy the more expensive copy and get the one with the manual. Yep. So, um, anyways, if you like the Saw movies, you will enjoy these games. Uh, really? It was interesting that they were um, made by Konami, so it's not like a small publisher or anything. Um, though Konami has not had like a stellar track record in the last. 10 years, uh, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. Konami's been like a little loose with their properties. Um, not a lot to say about it. It's a survival horror game. It got like kind of okay reviews, mixed reviews. It's not that expensive. It can be difficult to find complete. Also, like it seems like the copies are always beat up. And I don't know why that is. So Because weirdos be buy saw games. Yeah. It's so. probably true. Yes, that that is probably true. Or, or they just got like uh, slammed into rental bins, you know, on GameStops where they're crammed with like too many games and people thumbing through the like five for 20 bins or whatever and got smashed up during that time frame. Mm-hmm. Just probably, probably more likely. So fun. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking through this game, so I don't know a lot about the Saw games. I'm a huge Saw fan. Um, are you? I, I Oh, I love horror movies. I am so sad that they stopped making yearly Saw movies, like even the bad ones. I, that was I supposed to be a new one this year. 
but it got uh, pushed back till next year. Yeah, the Chris Rock one, it, like whatever. I don't even care. Like whatever. I'm I'm in. Give me any Saw movie. I'm in. Good or bad. And looking at the game, like if I was playing a Saw game, what I would want is a whole bunch of new creative traps. And I'm looking at this game. It's like, oh, there's the Amanda's reverse bear trap. Oh, there's the shotgun collar. Oh, there's a saw blade on a pendulum. And it's like, oh, I've already, I've already seen all this stuff. Nothing is going to shock me by seeing an Xbox 360 no, but- character get chopped in half by a, a pendulum saw. Yeah, but this time it's your fault. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, you got to imagine that games in this vein are trying to deliver what you like. It is a movie game. They are trying to deliver what you got from the movies. Mm, I yeah. I guess so, but the whole the whole reason I enjoy the movies is the creative kills, so seeing them again would it seems uncreative. Okay, but I like I'm just gonna disagree because I think that's what people are roped in for. That's what it's a movie game. It's not its own thing. Like would it be I don't cool think if anyone like, who is buying a saw game holds it's so sacred that they're like, You can't do anything different. We want all the same stuff. They're just like no, show me people dying. Ah! No, but like if you are trying to sell the game like I, look, I would be way more in for a Saw game that's like an original game in the universe. Like, here's Jigsaw and he's back or like in the middle of these two movies. Jigsaw also went and did this thing. So let's uh, let's see it. You know, I, I would be for that. But that's not what these were, especially not during the time frame in which these were made, which was around 2009. Just so you guys did they know. Make, uh, did they make Final Destination games? I was just thinking about like he. Tyler was talking about the yearly things and and how they they stopped making yearly saws and and I felt real sa- sad about uh, Final Destination not having yearly installments anymore. And when that did would that be... stop? That huh? was what they, that started in what like two thousand ish Final Destinations to like two thousand five. I love those yeah. films. Those are great too. Like I, I don't even, I don't even like. Uh, as Johnny mentioned, I don't even like horror movies, and I guess those are kind of horror movies, right? Kind yeah, of. Those are horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely. You, you see movies. people die in creative ways. Yes, that, yeah. that's one hundred percent horror movies. I would be totally behind games in that nature. That's oh. weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like those movies because everybody dies in those movies. Like, what would be? Would you? Would you in the game be like the evil force that? has to cause people to die. It would be like yes, Haunting Star yes. Poltergeist meets Chiller. That would be a cool game. <laughs> Sim yeah. City of Death. Ooh. So, uh, the like, and the bigger reason I, I bring up these games is, one, it, it's got a fan base. Two, it was supposed to have a new movie coming out this year to, to draw back interest. But also, when you look at games, there aren't too many games exactly like this. And this is like a very specific franchise, like a well-loved, like I didn't even know this about Tyler. I didn't bring this up just for him. I had literally no clue, but you know, it's got crossover appeal to an audience that will snap these up. So it's not just going to be the horror fans um, that are outside of, you know, or not that just are in gaming, but also outside of gaming, you can see potentially buying these, um, and I'll get to one of the games on my list. I'll talk about how that's actually played out through time. Um, so yeah, if you see these at a reasonable price and you're into horror games, like these are definitely a good one to add to your collection. That's all I got on this. So I'll whoever wants to go next. It's my turn, right? Yeah. I think I'll go with Medieval for the PS4. Uh, Medieval good, for the PS4. For the so PS4. talking about collectible video games though, Stefan. Yeah. Yeah, the PS4 you don't want to talk about the You don't want to just talk about both of them? Nope, because I'm pretty sure I already talked about the first oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, we'll get, we'll give I it to you because about... I think I already maybe talked about Cosmology of Kyoto. 
I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about the PS4 remake and the European Steelbook. So that's mm. that's two versions. Well, you got to talk about the demo that, that about. we talked about too. Yeah, but that's its own intro. That that's its own its own entry. That's my my fourth game. That's your fourth um, game. All right. Yeah. Oh, you're really yeah, milking that. Guy. All right. Yeah, I am. Uh, so medieval, the original, of course, was the the PS1 masterpiece um that uh that got a ps4 remake and uh so you can find this all day new the ntsc version um uh, for like twenty dollars um where it gets interesting though is that in in uh in other territories european territories they um did a like a retailer incentive which was a steel book that was just sort of a like a while supplies last steel book that just came with the retail version. Um, so now you're seeing like basically the steelbook only goes for like 75 bucks or like some premutation plus shipping of 75 bucks. Like, Oh, here, here it is for $20, but I'm going to charge you $50 to ship it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, one of my favorite games on the PS one, actually medieval and, uh, and the PS four remake is also very good. Um, so yeah, get out there and buy your $20 brand new version or your, I guess, probably 80 or $90 version all said and done, uh, copy with the steel book. Do it. Yeah. I, I think you're definitely like, if you don't own this game and you, and you've never played it, like definitely, well, you either pick up the original, but if not the remaster is an, is an excellent game. I yeah, played so through good. it last year. It was my Halloween game or maybe it was two years ago now. Man, time has gotten real weird. Um, but yeah, it it's fantastic. Medieval is always a fantastic game. You can't go well, wrong. And Johnny and I were talking about it before the the podcast. It's not just a good like thematic Halloween game time game. It's it's just a, it's just a great it's game. A good game. It's just, yeah. It's just, yeah. So, so good. like for a while, a picture of Medieval on the PS One, like just one of my like random like standing in my kitchen when it came in the mail copy from a few years ago. For like two years, it was my l- most liked picture. Nice. Yeah. Uh, like it just it was like one of those ones that hit the algorithm right. And then a bunch of people saw it. For, so for some reason, it got like 2000 likes. And I was just like, wow, weird. All right. People love medieval and they're not wrong. And Johnny, you just played it. So you can tell me, uh, is it basically the exact same thing as the uh, the original PlayStation version? Uh, let's see. Would I say it's the exact same? Yeah, like pretty much. I, I, like pretty close. I, I mean, you got to remember, I played the original Medieval when it came out on the PS One, and then never played it again until the remake. So it, it had been like so eighteen I mean, years. I, I guess I'm saying this because the main criticism I heard of the remake is that it was exactly the same thing as the PS One thing. And the only thing that will make me not complain about a video game is if it's exactly what the original game was. They didn't f- it at all. So like the Crash Bandicoot remake, it's like they f- with everything and people like it more because they f- with it and they made it more modern and they made it easier and people like that stuff. But would you say it felt like playing a PS1 game just with better it, graphics? A little bit, but I mean, the game always felt pretty good. So like it felt good for a PS1 game at the same time, you know, so I didn't feel like like I don't feel like the camera was as bad, but. I, it's, I always feel that way about PS1 games. I always feel like the camera is always bad. And I didn't feel that way, though. There was a few times the camera got stupid on it. Um, so, yeah, maybe it was just like playing a PS1 game. But, you know, Tyler, I, I can't tell you 
how different it was. Like I said, it had been so long in between for me. Like my memory of medieval is like basically all the big scenes and being like, man, this is an awesome game. And then, you know, you know, 15 to 18 years later going, Oh man, they remade that awesome game that I liked that one time. Let's go play it again. Yeah. This is still awesome. I feel like reviewers often like get into this trap where they go like, Oh, it's a remake. I should go play the, the first game so I can compare, you know, so I can compare it, which I get. But at the same time, then you're a person who has just played the original and are now playing it again. So it's like, like where Johnny's example is like, oh yeah, he has these like nostalgic feels for this game he played years ago and is now playing the game again. And if it's the identical experience, then yeah. But like these, the, the people who are tearing it apart literally just played the first game last week and then are now playing the remake. So, yes, of course, it's going to feel stale. You just f-ing played no, what it. Are, you, what do you think the reviewers go through that much effort? These reviewers are like 22 years old and they're like, oh, Super Mario 64. Who could play this game? It is aged <laughs> so poorly. I can't have fun with this game. The camera. Oh, I game reviewers are garbage you all <laughs> if you reviewed super mario 3d all-stars f- you because whatever you said something whoa. wrong i don't know what you said but you said something wrong whoa i was gonna say i i played uh 64 uh on the wii u when they released it there and look there are some rough patches on that but that's why you have to keep games in the time in which they were created uh but then like if you're trying to compare games like is when people say oh ocarina of time is the best zelda game and I think well, I just, just going to pile ins- on me because I was piling on reviewers right now. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to say like Ocarina of Time is not the best Zelda. T- it was the best Zelda I had played, I think, at that moment, though I later revised it to, you know, like uh, um, Link to the Past better. But, you know, N64 is such an awkward console. It's in such a weird time. Like everything was in like this weird moment. So. You know, I I just like the improvement. And then that's how I feel about Mario 64. Like, I like where they're going, but I like Galaxy better. I just think, like, they took everything that was good about Mario 64, found uh, an interesting way to kind of represent it and, like, clean up the graphics and then give you horrible motion controls. (laughs) Everything you love is garbage, Tyler. Um, You could say Galaxy, because Galaxy, those are all perfect, too, so. uh, But that's what I'm saying. It's, like, the refinement that, like, so, it like, of the time, if you like are keeping it up there, you can be like, this is the best Mario. But when you actually like start taking, removing your nostalgia and like, it's hard to do because you have to place yourself like this game. It, like you've got 20 years now of, of bonus technology on top of us. Of, like, hopefully Nintendo did its job and made this next game they made uh, with your beloved character, a better version and experience because like if they didn't, that's them not being successful. It's ridiculous. It's like creating Mario sunshine after Mario 64. <laughs> well, I mean, so, Mario, Odyssey, Mario sunshine sucks. I, I'm tired of people telling me it doesn't, it might be fine for a regular game, but Mario sunshine sucks guys sucks. But I'm terrible say- mechanic, terrible idea. Boo, boo, Mario sunshine. <laughs> Stop talking. Boo. <laughs> Boo this man. In terms, uh, all right, go ahead, Steph. Forget this Mario. I was talk. just going to say, be- because the boys gave me some time to look it up, if you're interested, uh, the original Medieval can also be had for around 40 to $50 complete. Same thing with its sequel, which was also for the PS1, Medieval 2. 
Uh, or you can be the crazy person three days ago who paid $440 for it sealed. No, you should like 100%. If you don't have medieval, you should be buying that now because all the, all the investor groups are coming in and like figuring out what are their games to buy. One day medieval is going to be on that list because it's (laughs) one of the best 20 bids, 20 bids for $440. So I'm saying it's one of, it's one of the best PS one games that they ever made. It's like, a, a, you know, out of a console that has like nearly 1100 games, it is, you know, at least for me, it's in my, in the top 10, but for everyone, it should be in their top 20. So, you know, just think about that in terms of when investors are coming and like what they've targeted, you know, think of Dennis and his four R's, you know, relevancy, 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 and R relevancy <laughs> and, and rare. Oh, I'm sorry. It's relevancy, rarity, relevancy, and rarity, right? Those are all four of them. Did you say um, our condition? The, our condition was one we brought up in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, medieval is, is it's going to be there is my point. So if you're sleeping on this game or you've been like, no, get it later. Mm-mm, no, you should stop that. Especially Halloween time. It gets these little price bump because people get nostalgic. So just do yourself a favor and get out there and, and get it before, you know, um, sad things happen to you. Also, uh, Johnny. The, cover for the, uh, the cover for the Japanese import version of this game is amazing. BT dubs. I'm just looking at it. Okay. What is it? Oh, yes, can you describe, you paint a word picture for us? Uh, it is a uh, hand-drawn rather than claymation, which uh, most of the, visu- or the, the promotional visuals of that game were. Uh, it is a hand-drawn version of the uh, main character from Medieval. I forget his name. Uh, and uh, a, a nicely painted map in the background. I really like it. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And I do want to... Uh, so, so far, we're going to keep track in this episode. Uh, I've bought a copy of Saw and Saw 2 for the Xbox 360. For, nice. Uh, for $50. I paid for both of them. Oh, did you buy the guy selling it? One, as yeah, one there was a guy selling them both of them. They both were in nice shape. Because uh, yeah. like you said, like they're... There weren't like big condition problems, but all the cheaper ones had like little condition problems. I'm over like saving three dollars to get like a little scratch in a case. If I can get it like perfect for whatever price, I'm just gonna get whatever the cheapest perfect one is. Yeah, well, after our last episode, you know, just like when things get graded and like the huge disparity between like a nine and a seven, like you just it's a weird world where now like I'm, I still stand by you. If you're in this hobby and you are a collector, you should be in here because you love it, not because you're trying to invest. But, you know, uh, real world situations come up. You have to sell your stuff sometimes. And, you know, that $3 you saved may have cost you, you know, way more than $3 down the line. So yeah. just just do the right thing now. Just, or, I, I mean, you just can just like never sell your games value. and just be happy with Well, yeah, you can but... become like Tyler who would just die with all of them. Uh, like I said... In the last episode, Tower's a black hole. Once a game goes to him, it might as well be thrown in a shredder. It's never leaving. Also, uh, Medieval, fun fact, was the uh, first game that I bootlegged when I was a kid. Really? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Yeah, with the uh, the the switching the switching discs trick for uh, PS the the PS one. That was my the first the first game that I ever burned a CD was uh, was Medieval. Fun fact. I bet you weren't sad about that either. You were like, yes, this game is awesome. This game is awesome. It it truly is awesome. Like, just go get them. Go get both of them. Don't sleep on them. Just go do it. There's a um, guy with uh, four different copies of Medieval. Should I just... Wait, what? I think 
eBay is just f***ing up and showing me this guy's list. Oh, snaps. There's a there's a rental-only version, too, that's, like, different. What? Really? What? Oh, oh, it's a PAL. PAL? Is it PAL? Looks like it's PAL. But it also, like, the disc says rental-only, not for resale on it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I, the, I'm seeing the... Uh... Weird PAL covers. They're all right. I, I still very much like the the original cover of Medieval. So. All right. I guess I'm going to go buy Medieval and Medieval 2 now. You haven't. You don't have those. Oh, no, let me double check. Uh, I don't have a lot of PlayStation games. I just. Okay. I don't well, think I, you should. I don't think I have. Well, both of you should go rectify that. <laughs> so here's uh, the. Here's the. This is going to be another one of those shows. All right. I told. I, I said. <laughs> I said to Johnny before the show, we should just like buy a bunch of shit on the show. And he's like, no, we shouldn't do that. So, and that's exactly what <laughs> the you're fact doing. that you said that made me want to do it. And like you're bringing up <laughs> games where it's like, yeah, that you know what? Johnny's right. That is a game. I'm like, I'll get it one day. We used to for, for newer listeners. We used to do this all the f-ing time. Like every episode would there would just be like a 10 minute segment of us just going like, oh, yeah, let's just like sit here and buy live on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that was well, hold on hold on that was mainly stefan not not me that that's that's fair it yeah was mainly me mainly man there medieval is such a good game like the more i think about medieval i'm like i should have more medieval stuff that's that's the problem with this game so uh if you're sleeping on it tyler go buy it right now don't be a dummy but tyler what is your next game before you go off and buy medieval oh, or do you want card. me to go uh, no, it's all right. Uh, um, should I mix it up or just keep the crazy train going? All right, let's go with uh, Alice, an interactive museum. The okay, other incredibly cool. expensive computer game I've been looking for for years. Man, is this just like your give up pile? Did you like these yeah, are the games I'm giving up on? Uh, I mean, pretty much like I, I'm not giving up on them, but uh, they're so expensive. I don't think I can like there's there's nowhere for them to go. They're already like discovered cult classic games alice an interactive museum you would think it's based on alice in wonderland but it's kind of not it's only uh very tangentially based on alice in wonderland so it's a mist like point and click adventure game where you go to wonderland and you go to a museum in wonderland and the museum is full of art by what's his name uh kuniyoshi kaniko do you know who that is no, not offhand. Give me a he's, reference. Like he's what did apparently he do? a famous Japanese artist. I have no idea who he is. If you go to his Wikipedia page, he has like three things listed, and one of them is Alice in Interactive Museum. So it's like maybe, maybe he's not that famous. Uh, but it is yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, chock full of interactive art pieces and lots and lots of nudity. Just tons of nudity in this game, uh, artistic nudity, which is maybe a reason that is very expensive. Uh, and it's. Very strange and pretty creepy, which is uh, why it's on this list. And so it was made by the same person who made Gadget, Invention, Time Travel, and Adventure, I believe is the subtitle, remade as Gadget Past is Future. Do you, either you know what that game is, Gadget? No. Nope. Fantastic. So we're all on the same page here. (laughs) Um, So this guy, uh, this is another one. This one came out in 1991 in Japan, and it was released much later in America. I don't have it written down. I think it was 90, it was something like 93 through 95. It was years later in America. And it's another one of those very early games where people are like, oh, our game's art? This game is very artistic. Like, it's, it's full of interactive paintings. And it's an adventure game, but I think mostly it's like point and click weirdness. And, uh... 
like the goal of the game is you're put into this museum. You have to find uh, every card in a deck of cards, and each of the cards has a hint on where to find the next card or some hint towards uh, what you need to do to complete the game. And there's no save system or anything, so you're just supposed to like complete a notebook, and then every time you complete the game, you like kind of go for the next thing, and you use your knowledge to beat the game, not like a save file. So I don't know. That's kind of cool. So is this like horror? Like what? What is it? What makes this Halloween? Just uh, the weirdness. It's, well. It's creepy. I don't know. Like if you saw Alice in Wonderland, like weird visuals with like no music in poorly in like weird early 90s 3D rendering, like just the way it's presented is very creepy. Like it's not a lighthearted Alice in Wonderland game. I mean, look, there is like they've made Alice in Wonderland, you know, Alice Madness Returns and all oh, that. Yeah. Just, you know, they they made creepy Alice games. So I, I'm not like this. I was just wondering if that was. Like what specifically about this version? Yeah, it's creepy. You should you should look it up uh, at a time I, you're I'm not looking at, at work. It. Like I, I think. Um, well, I'm looking at the the innards. Like the the invitation's a little creepy. Just like I'm like, what what is going on here? So you're yeah, looking at you're looking at the Japanese copy. Yeah. So the Japanese copy it comes with that. That's an invitation. So I knew it was an envelope of some kind. I didn't realize it was an invitation. And I believe it's a deck of cards. I've never actually seen it opened, but it looks exactly like a deck of cards. And it comes in this unique square box. Um, and it's then way the American than one, the U.S. The American one is way less good. It's garbage. It sucks. So it does the same suck. thing with gadget. I, I searched for. Uh, not months, probably a while for a, uh, it was a sealed gadget I ended up finding because it, it costs nothing. The same as complete in box. I opened it up. There's not even a manual in there. It's just the cardboard structure of the box with a jewel case in it. It's like, why did I even buy this? But the Japanese one, super cool. There's one on eBay right now for $800. And there's a, an American one for $500. Uh, but the last Japanese one of this that sold went for uh, $175, which is on eBay uh, completed listings. So in nowhere, this is nowhere uh, as rare as Cosmology of Kyoto, um, but it is an interesting game. And maybe it brings up an interesting dilemma because with console games, I could kind of buy the American or the uh, the Japanese release as long as it's playable in, in either of them. Uh, for PC games, I always buy the American release because basically every single PC developer that I'm interested in is an American developer, where it's kind of the opposite on consoles. Like consoles, I only care about Japanese games. But this game, do I want the American version or do I want the Japanese version? The Japanese I, version is way cooler, but I wouldn't be able to play it. And I realize it's for my collection and also it doesn't really matter. But uh, I mean, that, you know, this is like one of those weird times, Tower, because, you know, normally I'm just like, buy the US copy, don't worry about like... But the Japanese version is so much cooler. It really is. I think if I ever it, bought it, I would get the Japanese version. It It's like leaps and bounds. Like, I don't even... I feel really bad when I buy a, a big box PC game and it's just an empty box with a jewel case in it. Well, so. that, it's got like it's the weird art and it's got like... Oh, yeah, this... The deck of cards in there too. And yes, it, Tyler, it is a deck of cards. Um, okay. In there. And it has art from the game on like the Jokers and the Queens and stuff. Super cool. So much cooler. Like, yeah, I would I'd say you gotta, you gotta do that. All right. Well, I've had it in a safe search forever and one has not come up to the, the price I want to pay. So the, the interesting thing is the same guy is selling both of them. Uh, yeah, there's a major PC collector in uh, Croatia who has been putting a ton of good stuff. So he's been putting a ton of good stuff, uh, a lot of Amiga stuff on eBay and he starts them at 99 cents. 
plus whatever combined shipping is from Croatia. And these are the two games he has that he has at a fixed price. He's like, no, I'm not letting you get Alice an Interactive Museum for only $150. You have to pay the full price I think these are worth. Oh, well. <sighs> Say love you. Yeah. So that, I hope everyone enjoyed hearing about another game that no one has any idea of what it is. And uh, most of our listeners will never care about because it's only on PC and Mac. Yeah. Sorry, um, what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Wake up, Stefan. Wake up. <laughs> Where you am I? Dreaming. We are still doing a Halloween episode. It is still uh, like several more games to go. I blacked uh, out. Stefan, I, I did I've, say I've this game time. a lot concerned. of nudity, so please perk up. Oh, okay. Yeah, all that. I, I do support Doesn't nerd. get his attention. <laughs> nerdity? I, I said nerdity. Whatever. Yes. Okay. Nerdity. I'm just going to go on and bring our her audience back to us. Taylor, like this episode <laughs> is kind of like. We got a lot of cussing and we're discussing it. Maybe we should just not worry about bleeping this whole episode and then just throw out a warning at the front of the episode. All right. Sure. Like, you know. Whatever you want. Or we could just go explicit. (laughs) Because, you know, the holiday episodes are like definitely the ones the kids want to listen to. Probably. (laughs) You know, it's uh, I'm going to just tangent real quick. So part of the reason I love to do the Halloween episodes is because I it's and the hot and the Christmas episodes is because I model it after like eighties television. And there was always like some holiday special on Halloween. Halloween. Halloween was one of the like TV shows. Got it. Like you got special movies, you got special stuff around Halloween specifically for that. So like that special episode, like every year I would look forward to that content coming. So that's why I think it's important that we do it for Halloween and Christmas. So, so if people are wondering why I'm like, aside from just loving Halloween, why I insist on this, that because like we're a nostalgic hobby and that was, you know, especially in the eighties, that was something very nostalgic that always happened. I'm sure you guys have Halloween and Christmas specials that you are still your go-to's every year so that's what this is modeled after just some insight into the podcast and uh why i insist on this anyways um my next game i'm bringing it uh to Johnny, the kids before you st- start did one oh, of you God. buy medieval out from under me on ebay because it, it it was sold out so the guy had no. four copies i just bought a different one of his copies but uh no i did not all right well uh know. here's a, just a quick update purchased medieval and medieval 2 <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, let's see what else we could do here, guys. Just like, by I, the way, I, I, it, it's like getting towards October. So every day you click t- closer to October, more mi- copies of Medieval are going to sell and go up in price. Oh, that I did. Sense. I did buy a copy of Medieval. <laughs> I don't know if I bought one out from under you. Was it forty four ninety five shipped? It sure was. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow, this show creates its own competition internally. Fantastic. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, all right. Uh, so let's talk about another series that I don't think you should be sleeping on. And it's another one of these consoles that's uh, red hot fire right now. The PS2. Also, some of these games are also on Xbox, but mainly I'm talking about PS2. And that's the Fatal Frame series. I'm working in Fatal Frame 1 through 3 here. So, You're cheating. This is yeah, cheating. I, I, well, there's a reason for this that, I, that I'm talking about all of them. Because you're I'll a cheater. Yeah, that that's it. You're going to talk about the same. <laughs> see, I bring extra games in mind, and you're like, I'm talking about the same game twice and calling it two different ones. That's the Stefan model. We'll see which version people like better. Ooh, gotcha. Ooh. Did I get you? <laughs> I'm gonna hey. I'm gonna have to change it up now. Uh, well, I don't care what you do. <laughs> I love you, Stefan. It's it's whatever you do is fine by me. Aww. So, Fatal Frame, uh, one and two are on the Xbox. 
1, 2, and 3 are on the PS2. So on the PS2, and this is like the big deal about them, is they, they, they got reprints. GameStop did a batch of reprints of these because these games were very rare, hard to find, you know, a popular series. And then suddenly GameStop did one of those things where it's like, boom, like, here's a reprint. They've done it with a few different games, like Doki Pong Kingdom was one they did for the Wii. What was the other big one they did on the Wii? One um, of the Xeno somethings. Yeah, yeah. And I think, <laughs> oh, Metroid Prime Trilogy, right, they did? Because mm-hmm. you can find it in a regular case now instead of a steelbook. So this is one one in that series of GameStop. The first one is is quite different, right? So the first reprint, you know, Fatal Frame 1, is, you know, it's got like a different cover on the manual. On the front of the box, you can tell the Tecmo label is very big on the reprint. And on the regular, it's very small. The back of the box has differences. Like I said, the manual has a different cover. The discs pretty much look the same. Uh, people say it might be lighter printed, but that, you know, that could be anything. That could be this one person just saying they thought it was lighter. The other thing is the paper is a little bit cheaper, so it's a little thinner. They've noticed that on the manual, the paper is thinner on that and the, on the front cover. So it is hard to tell um, part two and part three of apart um, for the reprint editions because they basically have the same disc same manual everything looks pretty much the same yes i'm sure anything um there's a difference are you looking at the backs yeah see i don't i don't have the backs of them so i can't see the back i only have but they said the what i was reading is they said they pretty much look the, the discs look identical right so they say the outer outside looks like it. Again, it just comes back to thinner paper. I'm sure there are tiny differences in here, and I, I sorry, I don't have the research on this. Um, but like, you're gonna have to pay attention. So look for them. You can start to see there's a big price disparity. So the first one is like sixty bucks, right? And sometimes you see like a seventy or eighty dollar copy. Fatal Frame two and three, you can buy like a new one for forty three and like fifty dollars around that for two and three respectively i think it's 50 for two and then 43 for uh part three this was new copies but then you have some copies out there that you know are used going for like 85 dollars. none of them say that they're specifically the first print but you know it it obviously is a thing that must be weighing into what they're selling for because why do you have ones listed at 44 dollars next to ones that are a hundred dollars right so that's a big thing to look out for again the manuals look the same and everything so be very careful when you're buying this you know be be diligent and uh do a little more research just know that there are reprints that's like the biggest thing to know uh one last thing about the xbox version it is part two is the director's cut so there you go um i'll I'll try and like in the interim, if I see if I can find like some date differences or something on there, but that's look at the ESRB logo on the back. I bet that's different. Yeah, I'll check that. A lot of them like later ones start to incorporate um, multiple languages too. But yeah, these games are by Tecmo. They're horror. Um, what is it called? Project Zero in Europe. So they are expensive, a well-known series uh, for PS2. So it they're games that have once been rare enough to get a reprint from GameStop because they thought they could make more money on it. And now it's, you know, 
going to be in the collector world and you're going to see them bump up uh, continually. This is not a game that's like going to be plummeting in price anytime soon. It's a, it's a well-known horror series that people, when they're looking for games to buy and like series to post on their Instagram photos, uh, whether that's good game or not, you know, this is one of those ones that gets uh, a lot of pictures when they're, people are talking about horror games. So keep that in mind when you're looking at these. Just know that there's a reprint. Be decisive on which one you want to buy. Obviously, I would say if you can find the copies and they're about the same price, buy them. But there are sealed copies of what are probably the reprints uh, sitting on eBay right now. Yeah, and... Uh so I, I see like on Instagram, like there's some game stores that get them like, we just got a whole box full of sealed fatal frame games. Come get them before they sell out. It's like, they're, they're still printing these. So it, it's not GameStop <laughs> that makes this. It's uh, the company's called game quest direct. And yeah, they're kind of but like, it was uh, like, but it was released through, you know, GameStop. It wasn't like they got, went back into target. So they went to probably small stores and mainly GameStop is probably. Yeah. They're kind of like a, a modern day Majesco. So they've they've reprinted uh, Res. They've reprinted uh, Shimigami Tensei games, Guitaru Man, Eternal Darkness. Um, Ooh, I don't even know how many games they've reprinted, but chances are if I'm not going to say chances are, but there's a lot of like weird stuff where towards the uh, the end of the sixth generation, I think uh, like the late 2000s, they started printing some of the more desirable stuff. Uh, and made that stuff more common. So it's not just the Fatal Frame games you need to watch out for. They're, uh, a, a big one that was super late was the, um, not Mafia, Yakuza games. Uh, oh, like yeah, Those yeah, all got reprinted. Did. Those might have been Game Quest. I'm not really sure. Man, you know, that would be an excellent episode for us to do. Like, you know, games that got reprints. Like, of, like not like a remaster or something, but like real reprints on the systems that they were for. Like... You know, Nintendo had that too. You know, that it's not like Super Mario Brothers, they just stopped printing. They printed it for very many years, right? So at what point do people stop caring about that? Like I mean, stop caring about what? No, like that that it's a reprint, right? Do we care that it's a reprint or is this just a late print? Like, do we consider this a you know is it really a reprint or is it just a late print of a game? I mean, they're, they call them reprints. Like the company, you, you could read like interviews with the company and they're like, we basically go on eBay and if it's over a hundred dollars, we try to reprint it. I mean, it's up to you whether you agree with their terminology, I guess. I, I, I know that that happened, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like, but you know, they, they called it that isn't actually a reprint though, because it's during the console's life cycle. I just think that's an interesting debate. Like, is it, or just, is it the late, the last print of the game? I mean, I think the idea is that the game stopped being made and there's a clear gap where it has appreciated because the demand for the game eventually exceeds however many they made. So they had to go and make it again. So like Super Mario Brothers, they probably never turned off the machines. They're just always printing Super Mario Brothers for 10 straight years. Uh, but like this game, they definitely, they shut it off. And then five years later, like people are paying $75 for Fatal Frame games. Let's make more of them, make that money. Yeah. Okay. But, and that's, but that's I don't know. You should uh, you should leave a comment on the the default gen what are aftermarket games episode and start complaining about reprint terminology and reissue terminology. Uh, I definitely will. Okay, great, cool. Speaking of Tyler's YouTube channel, if you haven't seen the most recent Retro Gem Minor music video, some good stuff. It is some good stuff. You should definitely go watch that. 
I'm that, surprised that people liked it. So actually, we did call it out in the last episode, which I knew was going to be edited pretty late. Um, I'm surprised people. I thought like the five people I made jokes for would like it, and everyone else would be like, "Tyler, you're an idiot. This is the dumbest shit ever." Which, to be clear, it is the dumbest shit ever. People also <laughs> seemed to uh, enjoy it a lot. Well, did, I'm glad uh, people liked it. Did what's his name say anything about it? Does he know what's it exists? The I don't know what's like talk is. about for half the song. Who's f- no um, one? No one has sent me any negative commentary. Even the people I make fun of usually uh, take it in stride. So no, I have not received. Sean any. has Sean has Sean oh, sent no, anything I to you? I very much doubt that Sean from Reserved Investments has seen it. Well, then I love we should Sean. Make sure that so the, my my biggest fear is that someone will think like I am actually disparaging Reserved Investments when I love him. But why? Because it's it's not. It's bad. You hate him. That's no, what you he's said. A, he's a treasure. And you should all take his investment advice and go get some coins, antique weapons, firearms, historical documents. Books. Books. Only books are a very sophisticated market, John. You can't just go and buy books. You really have to know your stuff. You really want expert advice. (laughs) Oh. Uh, This episode is going to be three hours, isn't it? How are, oh my God, we're an hour into it. Okay. So we're doing pretty good. Let's, uh, let's move on. That was uh, like, again, if, if uh, someone finds something on Fatal Frame on where you can call out the differences a little better, please let us know and we will disseminate that information as well because it's, you know, people should know. You should know what you're buying and you should know why one version of the game is $100. And honestly, I'm looking at, like, I look at them and my eye does not immediately see why the there's a $100 one and why there's a $44 copy sitting here. My My brain does not know. Good stuff. And if you want the first print, uh, the first print is Project Zero, uh, not Fatal Frame. So everybody, do you go know and get that, that for first a fact? Print. Because look, you, you've I will already eat been my wrong hat about if Fatal Frame came out in America before you Japan. Don't wear hats. Uh, are you, well, Stefan? We're Where's just talking about video? a music video that I made with a certain character. Yeah, but who wears a hat? But Tyler doesn't wear a hat. Tyler doesn't wear a hat. You're right. TJ does not wear a hat. Tej. Now we're gonna All look right. it up. Here we go. December 13th, 2001 in Japan and March 2002 in America. What a weird time to come out with a horror game. Christmas and then spring. Huh. You know, like if you look at the classic release date of games, they did not do a very good job of like putting it into their markets at the right time. Weird. We've talked about this on, on the show before, like other games, like, why would you release this here? Like, you guys didn't learn anything from movies. Okay, um, well, Stefan, what's your yeah. third, what's your third item? Uh, Mickey's magical quest, or oh. like, because I, I say that wrong every f-ing time. It's not Mickey's magical quest. There's no game called Mickey's magical quest. It's the magical quest starring Mickey Mouse is the proper name of that. Okay, game. so hold on. First thing, why is this a Halloween game? Explain yourself. I I am drawing the the costume change thread. Uh, in in if for people who haven't played it, it uh, it is indeed a magical quest starring Mickey Mouse, and throughout his magical quest, he takes on different roles. Uh, and when he does, uh, when he does change, um, roles or abilities, he changes physical costumes, and they are very costumey. There's like a a, a genie esque sort of Aladdin, uh, magician costume. Uh, and a firefighter, and it's all it's all very cartoony and comical and and awesome, and 
And uh, so, so yeah, I, I drew the, because I was thinking about it, and I was, I happened to be looking at it, because I also recently purchased the, um, the cover art for uh, Nintendo Power issue 44, which is the bonus issue with the fold out uh, Mickey's Magical Quest cover, even though that's not the name of the game again. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was looking at that and uh, and was thinking about all the different costume changes that he makes. And so I'm I'm saying that it's a Halloween game from the costume change aspect. I'm 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 with you. I, I don't disagree. I just wanted you to tell everybody else. Sure. Uh, so this is a pretty affordable game. Uh, it, it is a, an amazing platformer and you should play it if you haven't. Uh, but that means it's also more economical for the Super Nintendo. Um, for a really minty copy, uh, complete in box, you can get it between 60 and 100 bucks, which I think is pretty good for this market. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, everyone should everybody should play that game. It's an it's a fantastic platformer. So w- let's talk about some lesser known things. Okay, there's actually three games in the series. Mm-hmm. Y- did you know uh, this? Two of yes, two of which got releases here, right? We uh, we didn't get the th- we didn't get the third game, right? No, that's uh Disney's Magical Quest 3 starring Mickey and Donald. Donald but yeah. but it they are on the GBA and this whole series is on the GBA. Uh very expensive uh on the GBA. That ma- yeah, part 3 and I think part 2 Part three definitely is like over a hundred dollars usually and kind of hard to find. And part two is also rather difficult to find. So. Tyler, you know what you should be buying right now. Uh, I have no interest in Disney games. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. If, if this isn't on your list as a collectible and you do buy GBA games, you should put them on there. One, like Stefan said, it's a, it's a fun game. It's, you know, if you didn't get to play this on the super Nintendo, it's great. Um, the third one came out in Japan. I'm, there's translations of it all over the place. You can you can find a card if you want, but you can just buy a GBA copy. Um, you can probably find the card a lot easier than you can find it CIB because it is it is hard to find on the GBA for the third one. So like if you are like if you want the cart only, like I see a cart only for like seventy dollars on eBay, like with best offer. So that's just like where you're at. There's also Japanese copies of of this as well um that you can get for gba if if the language thing isn't an issue for you yeah i don't think it's uh it's not a big reader game as i recall no uh, but so like you could, you could probably flummox your way through it even the even the basic game though like you know magical quest starring mickey and minnie is still like a, a 40 game in box 35 40 dollars you know for the gba so it, it's not it's not just like, oh, let me go buy a $10 GBA cart. And like finding, it's a legitimately tough game to find in the box when um, when you're looking for it. Like two, you can kind of find, but three in the box is like, you know, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough find and good luck if you find it, you know. So keep an eye out for both two and three on the GBA or, you know, pick up the whole series. You can usually find the first one, but two and three... Tough, tough games. Ooh, yeah, three. Uh, I'm looking at the even the. There's one copy right now on eBay. That's the. Uh, is, is this box and manual only? Is there even a game with this? Oh no. Okay, it's a complete. So there's a there's a one buy it now listing um, for the third game, the Super Famicom version for a uh, hundred bucks. Oh, and, for uh, Super Famicom, yeah. Yeah. So even even the even the 
Super Famicom version, you're not getting away super cheap on this one. No, it, it's, you know, it, it was a very well-liked series. Um, and just so you know, uh, the second version for Super Nintendo is The Great Circus Mystery. Just so so you know, because they don't, like, I don't think they titled it Magical Quest, did they? At all? Uh, I, well, I'm looking at the Japanese version, so I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that it's just The Great Circus. Uh, mystery so um anyways things to pay attention to it's it's a great series to own super fun and uh, yeah i'm with you on the costume ones but yeah the third one is also like a pretty fun game so you know get out there and buy it and uh the first one on gba i guess i'll say is one of the only games that uses the gamecube gba link cable in a way that actually matters i think it unlocks some multiplayer mini games so that's kind of cool because otherwise that cable is basically just Pokemon Coliseum. Well, you, no, no, it's also Metroid. Metroid uh, Zero Mission, or no? You can you, Metroid you unlock Fusion. Me- Metroid, Metroid Fusion in, in Metroid Prime, like whatever. That doesn't yeah. count as that's. But just, that's for like, Fusion, for Fusion, you get a special Prime suit in the game. You know, oh, that's like cosmetic bullshit. Like, I mean, honestly, like multiplayer mini games, like who cares? Um, okay, but I, I don't think the cosmetic stuff, like all these little unlocks they give you, are like. I don't know. It's like a prototype for DLC that doesn't matter for like cosmetic DLC. It's true. Fair. It is kind of a prototype for DLC. Yeah. Oh, well, I I liked it for the animal crossing was cool, but there was no GBA game you needed. You just get to basically unlock the Island that gets you all the money in the original animal crossing by having this cable. Cause Nintendo has been scamming us for 20 years, guys. Oh yeah. That <laughs> Nintendo has been nickeling and dying us forever. <laughs> and it, it is, it is one of Nintendo's worst aspects. Like uh, no lie. It's, it's gross. Yeah. Like they do the same shit like EA does and they package it up in like a much nicer way. And everyone's like, Oh, but it's Nintendo Pokemon Mario. Come on guys. Anyway, let's go play Mario Kart on our phones. Yeah, but see, that's still like, I, like if you're going to resell me Super Mario, you're reselling me one of the best games ever made. You're not just like, oh, I guess if I want to change the number on my football player's uniform, I'm going to pay him $2 to or get the special yellow uniform. Like, what? Get out of here. How about their special limited edition Mario 3D All-Stars that's so special and limited, it doesn't even come with a manual! None of them come with, like, no I fucking know, Switch games come with manuals. It's supposed to be special. The Wii one came in a big box. How about the special look, thing for this one is it comes with a f***ing manual. Let's, uh, why, look, I'm going, going to agree with you on your rant, but let's let's save it for what are we buying, what are we playing, because uh, I'm sure one of us bought it. We'll be able to talk about it. All right. Well, I mean, we all bought a sealed case, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, bought a brick. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a brick. Okay. I, I'm I'm going to go check on Piper. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. So what is your game, Tyler? I've got two games, which might as well be one game because they are so similar. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the animated series Zapped, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the animated series Spooked for the Game Boy Color, a system I never talk about because the Game Boy Color Maybe the worst system ever made, in my opinion. Like the worst major what? system ever. Oh, made. Whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't even think what that would you, be a controversial opinion. Like, what are you considering a major system? I would say over a million units. So, like a Virtual Boy, some is major... that? Did a Virtual Boy? I don't know how much a Virtual Boy sold. I don't know. Five million units. I bet Game Boy Color sold more than five million. 
Probably. It's a bad system with a bad library. Why is it a bad system? Because uh, it, it came it out in the late 90s Boy? without a backlight, and it has very few original good games besides some sequels like Pokemon and Harvest Moon, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. What's on Game Boy Color? Yeah, so many ports. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if you're being facetious or devil's advocate or like what you're doing right now because the game devil's by color advocate. is garbage. <laughs> okay. Devil's advocate right so now. So I but usually you could type Game Boy Color games into Google and it'll show you what it thinks the top games are. So let's just read them. Uh, Link's Awakening, well, a Game Boy game. No, go ahead, Johnny. What? No, I was gonna say it does have Shantae. It's like there's some important games on the GBC. I it's also to me, it's like still just a Game Boy. Like the the real divide for me, it's like Game Boy and Game Boy Color are basically one thing, and then it's GBA. Like, I guess if you want to consider that that way, but that, and that's I how don't, I, that, I, I consider mean, it its own thing. I know that that's not how it's like really, that's not how it was designed, but that's really what it is for me. Like, I'm like, oh, this is just like they finally made it color because there wasn't like that big of a processor, like the leap wasn't that great. Um, and what you could do with the Game Boy Color compared to the Game Boy. I mean, that that's not exactly true, but it wasn't like the leap from 8-bit to 16-bit. Yeah. Uh, all Also, all Game Boy Color games are just super ugly, Johnny. Like, their colors, they're just like the wrong colors. I don't know how to describe it. They're, they're too colorful? They don't have enough colors? I don't know what it is. Well, it's just got probably uh, a weird color palette. Yeah. And Shantae, you can't say like Shantae makes the Game Boy Color good. First of all, it's one game. I don't like it. it no, like anything I, in the top 20 games, just throw it out. Every single console on planet Earth has a top 20 games that all seem amazing. The, what what determines whether a console is good is after you chop off those top 20 games, how does the rest of the console look? Well, here, here's what I'll say. Uh, and this is like the it's become the collector's quest measuring stick. The GBC has a few tens and that is real. Does it? I don't Zelda Oracle and like, and, uh, I guess like links awakening. Yeah. It's a 10, but it's an updated version like Pokemon yellow. Yeah. It's a 10, but it's an updated version, but they, I haven't there played Shantae. So I don't games. know. Yeah. But I mean, it, look, even if it has one, that's like say more than the dreamcast. Suck it. Dreamcast fans. Suck. That one's that's a shot at you. Boom. Get you. Got him. Got him. Get him. Have we talked yeah. about how I, I came around on Dreamcast and I like it now because I realized that it's the only console where over half the games are 60 FPS? I'm sorry, yep. what? Gross. Oh, wait, what do we... I Like, I'm waiting for Stefan to come back when I'm supposed to be talking about Sabrina games. Um, yep. Because Stefan wasn't here. Anyway. No, you, you tangented real hard about how... What a piece of shit GBC God, is. God, Game Boy Color, just garbage. So Game Boy has all of these ports of NES games, but like they're secretly pretty good unique games and a lot of them aren't straight ports. Game Boy Color has all these ports of popular games, but they're garbage versions of like 3D console games. Anyway, off track, we're going to talk about Sabrina the Animated Series on Game Boy Color. Uh, why are we going to talk about that? Because it was made by WayForward. Do you know what's an expensive Game Boy Color WayForward game about a magical girl? Wendy every which way. Do you know an expensive way forward game about a magical girl on Game Boy Color? Shantae. Shantae. Do you know two more not expensive way forward games about magical girls on Game Boy Color? The Sabrina the Teenage Witch games. It's so weird because people love the other way forward games. And these, yeah. uh, I, I, I haven't played these, but they seem like completely fine, polished games. They have a very similar graphic style to the other games. 
So, you know, why not? Why not buy them? If you already have Wendy Every Which Way and you already have Shantae, why don't you complete your way forward Game Boy Color Collection with Sabrina the Animated Series 1 and 2, uh, as well as I think they did a WWF Attitude. So make sure you have that in your picture when you post <laughs> on Instagram. Way so forward. I, I would say that's definitely a better buy than, say, buying Shantae, the GBC version that I don't know, limited run games is going to sell you. That is a much better thing to buy. A real, like, a game that's, like, vintage and, like, like from the olden days of at least 20 years ago? I don't think uh, People who are saying, like, this Shantae thing is, like, a good thing because people can finally play it. And, like, you don't have me with you. I, like, <laughs> all right. are- okay, you know what? Say that, like... When when you respond to them, like, yeah, all right, post it. Uh, when you get yours, open it and then put it in your Game Boy and, and post a picture on Instagram for me. Well, I'm going to ruin my investment into the remake of Shantae. Not the remake, yeah. the, the reissue even. Yeah, I, I'm super not into this phenomenon of them just like putting, uh, making repros and selling them and people being suddenly cool with it because it's good and it'll drive the cost down. Like, is that something we want? Like, it, is this the way we want? Like, uh, take, the Fatal the Frame down. games? I'm all like, about you, that. Whatever. Like, you want to remake garbage games, and let whatever. me get the real stuff? Sure. Yeah. Fatal Frame but games were like reprints while the console was still current. Like, that's one thing. That's just a late print to me. This is like 20, 30 years later, and you're like, here, no, let's drive the cost down. Like, that's gross. That's like, it's I, mean, a I don't weird... think it's going to drive the cost down because it's two completely different markets. Like, these I don't are... think so either. And like collectibles have long shown that uh, reprints, like they might have a small impact on the price initially, but overall it just creates interest in the, in the property, which then creates hype, which then actually creates more demand, which then drives the cost back up. So, I don't want to anyway. badmouth the people buying the Shantae stuff too bad, because I, I guarantee there are people who listen to the show that are way into the Shantae oh. stuff. And it does come with, like, collector's edition stuff, which I don't give a shit about. Maybe you're, like, the world's biggest Shantae fan, and you need all the buttons and pins and all that coins, whatever comes with it. I've bought all the Shantae games. Not not the reissues, but, like, I, I buy the I don't buy the special edition, but all the ones that came out for the Switch, except for one I missed, which is now $100. Makes me feel bad, but I think it's what? the one that's on the Wii what? U. Yeah. There's, there's a Switch Shantae game that's $100? Yeah. Yeah, it makes me real sad. It's a new but, one? Um, yep. Our oh. new, no, it was like the first one for the Switch. Um, was it, but it was like an original game or was it like a remake of the Wii U one? I think it was actually the one that was on the Wii U. Oh my God. People. But, but Shantae games are usually like fun, so I, I don't mind owning them, and they're by way forward. I am not begrudging you buying from limited run for that. Like, please buy those games. They're, they're fun games. And if you like them, great. But the reissue stuff like that, there's so much, there's better things to spend your money on than, than fake games. Just go buy any repro. If you just want to play it, it's just a repro. Go buy a $10 one off, off of uh, eBay and call it good. If that's what you're going to spend on, you're just buying a repro. I don't care that limited run did it. It's still a shitty repro. Hey, Tyler. Hey. Fun fact, Matt Bozon listens to this show. Whoa, who's that? Because so I don't remember. <laughs> he the uh, creator of Shantae. Oh, okay, good, because I I wouldn't know that. Oh, hey, Matt Bozon. I'm sorry <laughs> I haven't played your game. It looks cool. I like platformers. Uh, I've just never got around to it. You want to send me a copy, I'll play it. Yeah, well, you're, you're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just get, what else you got to say about these games? How much no, are we got they? Tell us, uh, nothing. Tell us about so, Sabrina. 
literally it's a, a semi nonlinear platformer. Uh, Matt Bozon will be able to describe it way better because I've also never played them. I just think they look cute and that they they it makes sense to buy them if you're into all this way forward stuff because they're uh, spooked is available from Deal Tavern. It's thirty five dollars shipped. You can get a brand new copy. You should buy that. Yeah, that's a a perfectly good game to buy, especially to have sealed right now. I mean, the show, I think, is ending or did end. It's three or four seasons. I know it had three. I don't know if it's getting its fourth or not, but it was on Netflix. Pretty dark. You know, uh, one of the fun things that I tell people, Sabrina is an Archie character, so she's from that universe. Um, You know, it's uh, there. There was definitely, you know, a a good reason to own this game, aside from it just being from way forward. It's part of a prominent series. And Sabrina also has like had a sweet comic that the um that the new show on netflix was based off of really uh, quite awesome I, I like it quite a bit so uh zapped so spooked you could find all day that's like sealed it's cheap it's no problem zapped i've actually been looking for for a month or two and i haven't even seen it come up complete in box but the last sale was in may someone had a case of i believe six sealed copies and they went for like 25 bucks uh, so I don't know, like I've been looking for this. I, I would have paid much more than $25 if one came up because I wasn't even looking at historical prices uh, and I can't find one. So uh, maybe an interesting game to keep your eye on or snap up when you can see it come up. Uh, that is my, I want it, but you know what? Just go buy it instead of me and I'll make me feel bad about it. Post on Instagram. Also, perhaps interesting. Zapped was the first game came out in 2000. Sabrina Spooked came out in 2001, which is easily available new old stock. Shantae came out in 2002, which there has been some new old stock, but not a ton, I don't think. Where where are those Shantae's at, Johnny? How come there's not a lot of new old stock Shantae? Is Deal Tavern holding out on us? I think, no, because when they reissued, when they when they were like redoing it, when Shantae was coming back, I, I think um, way forward, like, uh, cause they're biased. I think they, they had a few that they did special that were sealed, but I don't know if Shantae got like that big of an order and it was towards the end of the GBC's life cycle. Yeah. So, and it, it's a so, different publisher. Shantae is published by Capcom. I don't know if that affects, I don't know how anything with game publishing works. I don't know how games are physically made and sent out. I am just saying this as a almost joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's a good choice. Like, especially, the, you know, that you can get spooked. $35, like, get on that. Go Sealed buy that games, game. guys, they're all going to be super rare and valuable. Guys. Yeah, make Go grade your Sabrina spooked. Yeah, make that money. Tell those investors to suck it when you sell them this sealed game. <laughs> yeah. From um, <laughs> So buy it, grade it, and then put it on eBay. From the creators of Shantae in the top, and then everyone who looks for Shantae will find... Everyone who looks for Wada Shantae will find your Wada-graded Sabrina game, and maybe you'll get someone to pay you like $200 for it. It works with the GTA triple pack. Just it, use psychological like, games. Tyler's joking, but he's also like 100% not wrong. Um, and that's like kind of real advice. You should do that. Um, okay. So, uh, are we ready for me to go? Go ahead. All right. This is, uh, this is not, um, this is not like the most expensive game. It's actually, it's pretty accessible. It is collectible and I'll explain myself. Simpson, um, Treehouse of horror. And that's not its actual name. So let me, it's Simpsons Treehouse or Simpsons attack of the Treehouse of horror for the game boy color. So 
This game is about $35. You can find it in a box. It is not like an incredibly hard game or anything. There's nothing, there's nothing like rare about this game. Here's why it's collectible. Because Simpsons collectors are, you know, around. And Simpsons has a super long history. Maybe you're not aware that Simpsons is probably older than most of our audience. So this is like you have a large swath of people. Treehouse of Horror is a long-running thing that people look forward to every year. There are crossover collectors that just collect Simpsons stuff that went out and got this thing. It's its its own unique story-ish. It's like seven different levels or something, and each level is kind of like its own mini game. so it's, it's not very repetitive. Um, it does put nods to some of the earlier episodes. This came out in 2001, just so you know. So all the ones before that, it like has the ability to uh, put a like a little nod to it. It's also like rooted right there in nostalgia. It's a popular property. It, it has the ability, aside from being on the Game Boy Color, which is probably the biggest downside to this title, of uh, you know people getting excited about it. You know, again, I, I look at games, and you know, I'm trying to look at collecting as the market exists right now. And right now the market is full of investors and they, they drive the price of games that collectors will one day like be looking for. And if they ever decide that they're going to go into a system and I don't think really Game Boy Color is something they're ever going to go hard at. Um, they'll maybe go at the, like the Shantae's and the Resident Evils, but if they're looking for other stuff and they're looking for a popular title with crossover, it also has, you know, tons of comics and stuff Simpsons is that thing. Simpsons is just a multi-generational property that spans many different media types that has crossover appeal for a ton of different collectors. And for $35, you can buy yourself a nice box copy, $35, $50, get it, put it out of your way. And it's a sweet Halloween game. If it's something, you know, you're looking to play, like if you like Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, this offers you a variety of gameplay for relatively low investment costs. And, you know, if you've got a GBA and most of you do, or like an early DS, you can play a GBC game or a Game Boy player on your, uh, you know, GameCube, any of these things like will work. So, uh, it's, it's not even that hard to play. Like a lot of old systems, like how will I ever play this game? GBC stuff. It's actually pretty accessible. So, you know, you can do it and it'll look okay. So yeah, pick up Simpsons Attack of the Treehouse of Horror if you have not already. All right, Johnny, I've got a lot of comments here. Um, Go ahead. First of all, I believe the title is Simpsons Night of the Living Tree House of Horror, or is oh, there is a it different Night game? Of the Li- no, no, that that's right. Okay, I was trying to do I was, Night of, it's not Attack, Night of the, yeah. Okay, and I know You're there right. are some, yeah, yeah. There's some people who collect Simpsons games. I will say, regardless of quality, of which I think the Simpsons games are usually a little underrated, I do enjoy the few that I've played. Oh, th- like Hit and Run is a game that's been moving up uh in price lately like there's simpsons games are are trending up in cost so this is oh like, yeah they definitely because like licensed yeah. stuff like people just yeah. want like oh i know that like i i think uh bar first the space mutants fine game no um, no that's like it has a good arcade property like these aren't bad games simpsons games are usually like pretty good like especially for a big licensed property you get a surprisingly pretty good game uh, Simpsons Arcade only ported to home computers by the PC version of The Simpsons. Only way you're going to play it, guys. PC collecting is real. I was going to say that most Simpsons games, they have that very distinctive art style, so their box art is usually really good. The box art for this game is awful, Johnny. How is how is there a Treehouse of Horror game that doesn't show the actual treehouse 
It's just ah. all the, the Simpsons characters screaming in a circle. And no, not all the Simpsons characters, literally just the Simpsons. Yeah. It's, uh, it's well, it Look, it, it's not the best uh, the best art but it, i i wouldn't go as far as to say it's terrible it's got them screaming it's got the lightning bolt it like it looks fine no it's pretty i mean the, no it's bad if, it, if it's a game about the treehouse of hearts i don't like it my final thought is that this was made i noticed by software creations which uh they made some decent nes games but i think uh most famously for me they're the company that is known for ruining blaster master by creating uh, my beloved blaster master 2 so uh, maybe I should check this out because I do like Blaster Master 2. You know, the, like I said, it's if you haven't played this game, it's it's a little it's you know it's unique because it's not like one game; it's like several games because each level gives you kind of a different gameplay style. So it's definitely something to check out. It's one of the few portable games I've actually played all the way through, and I like it very much. You know, it's not like it's not amazing. I'm not like this is a ten, um, but I like it's very much on theme for the season, and uh, you could do a lot worse. Can't wait to see you post it on Instagram next month or this month, considering when we edit the show. I wonder if I've never posted it before, Johnny. I'm going to give you a, a little secret, uh, and yeah. that secret is you don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh huh. Yes. I mean, I usually try not to double post unless it's like I know you a don't. theme. But, uh, but uh, like for the especially for those collectors quest promo picks, you have you've done some reposting and you're just like, you know what? That's not that's just called being smart, Tyler. You're an idiot. You spend too much oh, time yeah. on this well, stuff. Like, I just post this and get 500 likes for posting the big shelf of games. Well, for well, uh, here's the secret with the collectors quest stuff because we put collectors quest on it. Um, it gets way less likes and the algorithm filters it out. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know if there's a way around that. It's only if we had someone here on this show who was good at self-promotion, who could get out there and Mm -hmm. really talk about the show a bunch. Stefan. Stefan, wake up. We're we're talking to you. Except for all the like podcasts that I like talk about our podcast on. That you mentioned briefly that you're on. Look, I've listened to all of them. You mentioned us once or twice. Briefly. (laughs) Briefly. (laughs) All right. Sure. I bet we mentioned Retronauts more than they mentioned us. I'm just saying, you like if you were talking about read the game shark on their thing, you would give them a, a much better promotion than Stefan. Uh, I need look. You're the famous one now. You need to carry the load. You need to go and tell the hey Facebooks. on uh, on Region Free Gamers podcast. I uh, I talked about Tyler specifically, and I then know. I swung back around and talked about our show. I I know. I listened to your whole episode because I'm good like and, that. And then when we came back from breaks, I think both times they said uh, Stefan Reese of the Collector's Quest podcast. They they mentioned us. I'm I'm just I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling saying. you you're I'm famous. You got to go out there and work hard. Like, just saying. Like, uh, look, people want your body right now. They're just gonna have. They might have to put our logo on their next time. That's all I'm saying. If they want, they want to keep stealing our content. Nice. I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, you know, that's why we pay you the big bucks, Stefan. Oh yeah. Yeah. All that Patreon money is going to me. Yeah. The, all the, the zero dollars, the, uh, the, neg- the, the negative, the negative dollars. Zeros and zeros. No, it's actually worse. Cause it's negative. Cause this show only costs money, but Hey, if I had, oh, if I had oh, all that Patreon we, money and the hundred dollars that Tyler stole from me, then I would have a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, but you're still going to get that hundred dollars. So you will. Ha- so there you go. You just got paid. 
cool. <laughs> Get out there and do it. Uh, no, Patreon coming soon. Seriously, though. Um, you have anything else you want to say about Simpsons, or do you agree with the rest of it? Nope. Let's move on. Okay, cool. Stefan, that's you. What? What's your last game? What's the last one you got? Super Mario World. Woo! Let's oh, do God. it. Uh, no. Nope. Come on. <laughs> you meant Luigi's Mansion? <laughs> no. Uh, actually, so... Uh, <laughs> My last one, uh, we we uh, as we alluded to earlier, is uh, another medieval game, but it's the medieval PS One demo, which uh, Johnny actually cued me in on this evening, um, and uh, and I really really enjoy this uh, the demo the way that it's presented. It's got um, some some great art on it, and it's a fold out. How would you describe it? Like a ticket, Johnny? Yeah, How it's kind of like a ticket. This? It's like a ticket to Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and it can be had, it seems to be relatively rare, um, but, uh, can still be had between 40 and $50. And there's, you should uh, say that there's multiple demos for medieval on PS1. This is like a very specific one. That's like before the game came out. It's not a magazine demo. It's its own thing. Yep. Standalone. Standalone. I see four demo discs that have medieval on them, and none of them are the one you're talking about. How many demo discs were there in the? 90s? It got a Man, lot. I I don't even remember well, this. Uh, so I mean, I think packaging demos with like CD demos with um, like magazines was all of the effing rage in the PS1 dem- in yeah, generation, know. right? So um, so yeah. Um, there are many, many demos for uh, pretty much everything of that generation. Yeah, but there's like the PlayStation, like get in the zone disc, you know, that comes in like a, like a standard like demo flap. There's like, mm-hmm. it's in a jam pack one, you know, but this one is, uh, yeah, I think it's in the Pizza Hut demo disc too. Yeah. Um, But this one is oh, like- Oh, so this a, was mailed to you. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah it's a mailer. Yeah, this is like let's say it's it's like an it's a not just a demo, but it's an invite to come and play this game. It's it's very cute. I like it a lot. Is it supposed You're- to fold up and like turn into a display case, or is that just how the people on eBay are showing them off? I think that's just how people are showing them. Right. Yeah, it's like a it's like a pullout, almost not. It's not a pop up book, but it's almost like presented that way, where it's got like uh like push tabs. Um, to maybe so maybe it is maybe it is supposed to fold up like that hmm i'll know when it gets here because i bought one yeah it it does have like little places to push up but yeah it's uh yeah the thing that also makes it like super halloween is it says um trick or treat on it it's like trick or treat look inside in this mailer so Mm. that's like the coolest part about it really so and it's part of the PlayStation Underground demos that were out. So this was after the game was already out. So um, it was, I think, an additional sales push. Hmm. So anyways, you can look for that. It's like a cool look. It, it's something you could go spend 40 to $50 on if you wanted to. If you like it's medieval. Like four of them sold in the past month. And then there's three more loose ones on eBay. So it seems like you'd probably be able to find one if you really wanted one. Yeah, I mean it. It definitely comes up like pretty, pretty easily. Like Tyler, you missed out on a great auction, you know, about two weeks ago where it was Medieval One and Two and this demo for a hundred dollars. Uh, no, I didn't miss out on that because I don't care about the demo. That doesn't help me meet my collecting goals, Johnny. 
Neither does oh, okay. Medieval 1 and you Medieval 2. That, that just kind of falls goals. into my goal of having good games. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I, I will say, if you are totally into Medieval stuff, if you like Medieval as much as we do here on the podcast, the Japanese version that Stefan was saying, like, it, the Japanese cover is the sweetest cover. It is like, very 100% cool. the sweetest cover. Like, but my, my real fourth game is Super Mario World. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Right, I mean, like every Mario, Mario game ends with you going to hell, more or less. So maybe. Uh, so when you defeat or when you beat uh, Super, or no, it's when you get all of the all of the exits, right? In Super Mario World, that's uh, when you get the or all of the exits and beat it. Star Road, right? All, everything through Star Road, yeah. and all the and all the exits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then you get sort of a repay or a reskin when you play again, and it's all chocolate themed, except for like inexplicably, um, the piranha plants are now jack o' lantern heads, uh, and that that's what I I was razzing uh, okay. Johnny about before. All right, I'm yeah. with you. No, no, yeah. like so. It, I, it, I was I was against you originally because I totally forgot about that. Because literally every time I beat Super Mario World, I just just delete my save file. I'm, I I boot it up again. And I'm like, oh, f- this shit, and then I just delete it and do it again. But yeah. all right, I forgot about the pumpkin piranha plants. Yeah, I've tempted uh, tempted Tyler over to my side on this one, Johnny. Yep. I I'm actually with you. I just have to tell you that <laughs> it's it's not a Halloween game, but it's got a Halloween theme. Like you can get to. A Halloween moment in it. I'm, I'm, yeah, that. you yeah. know, now I'm thinking about so it because I was if, like, oh, uh, well, the, well, the Koopa masks or, or the, the Mario masks aren't really Halloween. And then I was thinking about, it. well, yeah. I mean, they're just, just the fact that they're wearing masks is Halloween y. Yeah. So, uh, well, it, yeah. And it's a long running tradition in Mario games, you know, after you like complete the game in some fashion, like some specific fashion, you find like reskinned enemies, new, you know, um, they do like some some special stuff for you beating the game. That's always a nice touch when a game does it. And also, if if we can't recommend Super Mario World highly enough, then well, like what are we doing? Like, yeah, there's another way for us to talk about Super Mario World. Yeah, cool. I don't recommend you make that the picture of your Halloween post and be like, "This is a Halloween game" without some explanation. But um, you know, I, I think. I think you're right that you can put that on there. It's also Super Mario World. Why is it collectible, you, uh, Stefan? Um, th- well, okay the uh, the standalone black box edition is incredibly collectible. Uh, Tyler's done more research on this than I have. Tyler, do you want to talk about like the various f-ing revisions of this game? Uh, there's the one two- line. Well, there's three black... Oh, my God. I'm not even going to talk about cartridges. There's a lot of cartridge variants. Um, we talked about the misprint on the show yep. already. Yep. All right. The there's a cool show. misprint. The, the big thing we've also talked about, There are uh, there's two different black boxes. Uh, the easy way to tell is uh, if you look on the back of the box, one of them has larger text for, like the, for use in Canada, US, and Mexico. One of them has smaller text. There's a bunch of little differences like that. Um, I don't think there's a big price difference, so just make sure you don't want the Canadian one, and you probably want the first print one in this market. I can't imagine there's a huge premium for it yet, because I don't think people, they're just like, oh, I need a black box Mario. Um, so get the good one. And, but if you uh, just want to play it, they, you know, it was also for- <laughs> You could pay, for pay the, $8. <laughs> for the theoretical person who may not know that it was packed in forever uh, with the SNES, uh, it was packed in with the SNES, so it's very cheap if you just want to play it. Or, or you can play it by just having the Nintendo Pass on, on your, uh, 
on your Switch or having yes. a Super Nintendo Mini or a hundred other can, ways. You can walk outside of your house right now and pick up a rock and throw it <laughs> and you will hit a copy. <laughs> it it is not a hard game to play. It is, unlike some games on this list, <laughs> mainly ones Tyler talked about, super accessible. So uh, when we did this, so you want to collect Super Nintendo episode, uh, I basically went down a rabbit hole on when the Black Box Mario was released, yeah, and I posted correct. like kind of my research on Video Game Sage. Did we ever talk about that on the show? No, we didn't, because no. we were going to do a revision <laughs> episode because we didn't do the player's choice stuff, but we might as well get it out of the way. And I think it's funny that we're going to talk about it on like a rando Halloween episode, but go <laughs> you ahead. Know, the Halloween game, Super Mario World, <laughs> which we all agree now is a Halloween game. Yeah. So we did say originally that uh, Black Box Super Mario World uh, is the first print, which it very much is not, because every Super Nintendo originally was a super set, which all came with Super Mario World. Correct. And then in June of 1992 is when they announced the control set, which is the Super Nintendo that did not have Super Mario World bundled in with it. Uh, I have done a whole lot of research going through Usenet and going through pretty much every catalog I could find, JCPenney, Toys R Us, EB Games, Sears. So the control set and the Super Mario World individually release appear at the same time in catalogs and people on Usenet, on, uh, Usenet mention them around the same time. Uh, I am almost positive that the uh, Black Box Super Mario World was released between June and July of 1992. It could have been released up to September of 1992 when I'm positive it was out. But there you go. That's when Black Box Super Mario World came out. It's not a very special historically version of the game, but it is a very, very cool version. Well, but see, the the thing is, the cart that you were going to get in the Super Nintendos was still in the first box, right? Because it was still the non, non-revision box, or the non-revision cart. So it, yeah. it, they basically reprinted that cart. So you still get the first print of the game. It's still, the cartridge is the same cartridge. Well... You say Depending that, which... but what I want to do is I want I want to find uh, I... the earliest date code that's printed on a Super Mario Kart, because I guarantee the ones that came in the original supersets are not the same date codes as the ones that were in the black boxes. Well, Super I Mario mean, Kart. hey, you're not supposed to talk about date codes, remember? No one wants to hear about date codes. They don't want to hear about the, the box date codes, but I think people still might care about chip date codes. I want to right. find a, a Super Mario World that was printed in 1990. Give me it. Okay. Honestly, I don't care. I'll just go for, for like maybe the Super Famicom version. I should go for Johnny. I don't know. Oh, I, no. What is game collecting anymore? <laughs> Are we gonna go? Am I gonna go look at Super Mario World date codes, or am I just gonna be happy with my black box and forget it exists? Do that one. Okay, that's the one to do. Like one hundred percent. Wait, um, if that was my first game, did we do it? Or my fourth game? Did we do it? Did we do? No, because Tyler still has one, and I still have one. <sighs> <laughs> and that's all we have to say about Super Mario World. Not a very interesting <laughs> game. Anyway, back to Alice and Interactive Museum for the PC. Yeah. Uh, you want to you wanna tell us about your, your last game, Tyler? Do you want to tell us about my last game? Because uh, it's Transylvania for the Apple II and like every other mid-80s what? home computer, which Johnny recommended that I do, which is very strange. Johnny, why did you recommend this to me? Because I looked it up and I looked at the game and immediately said... Man, this is like a shitty old PC game that's like a lot of text and fiddly and hard to play and it's totally Halloween. And I bet Tyler would love this. I 
do love it. So actually, uh, in the past couple years, I have been dabbling in collecting tools that have been used in game development for vintage computers, which I understand is not very interesting, not something uh, people want to talk about. Um, but this game was made by Penguin Software, who made some of the tools that I have purchased for my collection, like Magic Paintbrush, the Complete Graphics System, and the Graphics Magician, which was the graphics software used to make Penguin Software's first game, Transylvania, which I also recently purchased. Uh, so it is, it's a pretty standard adventure game, not point and click text adventure game. Um, but it has graphics, which is somewhat novel for the time. So Mystery House came out in 1980, which is really the first graphical adventure game that everyone points to. And this came out in 1982. But also Zork, uh, Zork was on like PDP mainframes and stuff. But like the popular Zork releases also came out in the early 80s. So this this is pretty, uh, pretty early on in graphical adventures. It has great graphics. Um, I've, I've, I've never played it. It looks awesome. It looks cool. Did you buy a copy? Yeah, I've got a copy. Oh, you already have a copy of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've already got a copy. That's why I was so surprised. Like, why would you tell me to pick Transylvania on the Apple II? What a, like, obscure game to go after. Right? You, yeah. You were, pr- you were, like, pretty proud of me in that moment. You're like, holy shit, he does listen. Absolutely. Um, it's also, um, it's like one of these games that you have to beat in a certain time limit. You have to go rescue a princess from a castle. And if you don't do it in a certain amount of real time, you just lose because adventure games in the early eighties were fun losing because you didn't type your text fast enough. And, uh, the text processor wasn't like, don't know how to look at something. Uh, probably a lot of fun. I'm sure oh, yeah. look at is a Sounds bad great. example. It yeah. does have a sequel too. Don't forget the sequel. It's got two sequels. Oh, sh- um, two of them. Yeah. What, uh, what are so trans? I don't know what the sequels are. Uh, some people say the first one's the best. Some people say the last one's the best, but I don't care about the sequels. It's the Crimson <laughs> Crown. And cool. I don't know what the other one is. Cool. That's as far as my research went on those. Cause I was like, this is a Halloween game I may buy one day because it's got a sweet box. The box for Transylvania is awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's called Transylvania, which is just yeah. a cool name for. Yes, a game. exactly. And I love, I, I love getting vampire stuff. Just like, so nerdy. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm making fun of those vampire LARPers. I think it's because I secretly didn't have the courage to LARP myself. I didn't have the confidence to be out there pretending to be a vampire. <laughs> that's probably that's it, true. Johnny. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, but I, I, I did, like, always as a kid think vampires were cool. I dressed up as Dracula a shit ton. I love Castlevania. That, that wasn't an ac- accident or anything. So the minute... uh I saw a game called Transylvania. I was like, why am I just learning about this? And I, I slipped in a game that's coming out, I guess, uh, towards uh, 2021, but I can't remember, like, The Vampires of Wallachia. That's not the right title, but it has Wallachia. If you don't know where Wallachia is, it's basically where Transylvania is. It's part, big part of the dr- vampire lore for Dracula. It's, anyways, check it out um, if you don't know. Also, a really good book called The Historian, which goes, it's kind of like a, a vampire, a, a quest to find Dracula in modern times. Good book. Good book. Check it out. Um, what else you guys say? It's like, what does this game run? About a hundred bucks? Wow, that sounds really high to me, Johnny. So there's two releases. There's a, an original release, which probably the one you want. And then they remade it in their newer engine in the mid 80s. 
Uh, so the the original one comes in a full art box, and the re-release comes in a box with like a white border Windowed. around it. Gross but looking. All the I don't understand why when they re-release PC games, they always put it in a much much uglier box that just looks super budget in every way. Uh, I would say just get the original. I paid forty bucks for mine. I, I put down forty to eighty, but that was off the top of my head. I probably wouldn't pay a hundred dollars for it. I don't think it's a hundred dollars worth of collectible. I do have one more piece of trivia, which isn't related to Transylvania, but I will literally uh, never have a chance to say it again. So the graphics magician, uh, one of these uh, pieces of graphics software I bought, actually the graphics software used to make Transylvania. It is a graphics program. It uses like a a vector-like language to save your images. So it actually redraws your images in real time. It's not like a a bitmap. And the interesting thing about that which I have packed away in my brain because I knew to you guys I would need to justify my purchase of this piece of software, is that it was used to make uh, the early, Al- one of Al Lowe's first games, uh, Dragon's Keep, which was then later re-released by Sierra Online, which you may have heard of. And uh, heard just of to it. be clear, uh, Al Lowe was the guy who made Leisure Suit Larry games. Uh, so, graphics magician, I don't know, I think it's a kind of cool thing to own, Old Apple II software basically cost nothing, so why not? All right. If that's how you feel about it. Kind of historically interesting. Probably a lot more historically interesting to own uh, Dragon's Keep, which I imagine is like one of those weird Apple II games that probably costs you over $500 and came in a plastic bag. But uh, you could buy the software used to make it for 20 bucks. How about that? I'm going to give you some more. Tyler, how does owning a graphics magician further your collecting goals? Uh, it doesn't. This <laughs> this was absolutely one of the things I purchased when uh, I'm just like, oh boy, I finished the SNES set. What do I do? Well, I've been buying a lot of Apple II stuff. Oh, let's buy some Apple II graphics software. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I could get into this. This seems all right. Right, guys? Um, I, I will say uh, this also comes on, and I, I'm going to get this wrong, but the Atari XE. So there is a cartridge version of Transylvania available. For the Atari. Are there people who only buy cartridges? I, it's, well, it like, it makes a very specific difference, right? Because you can find this on like the three quarter floppy. Um, you know, you can find it in various formats, but this one is like the Atari XE cartridge. And it makes sure that to tell you that it is a computer cartridge game. And it's the rarest version probably of the game. So if you can find that one in the box, that's actually the most collectible or like who knows collectible, but like the hardest one to find like Atari XE stuff just isn't very common at all. Um, so if you can find the cart, that's hard. If you can find the cart with the box and everything, that's, you know, remarkable. Remarkable. So. All right. I didn't even know that, but it's just like, it's like the regular Atari 8-bit version. It just says a hard Atari home computer on it. Does it have yeah, a cool it, box? Yes. So the thing I would, I would, I don't know if worry is the right word. Um, Like that seems like the kind of thing that Atari guys would just be unable to sell. And there's some guy with just like a warehouse of those. Like literally, I know people talk about like, oh, what if there's a warehouse of stadium events? Like Atari stuff specifically, there are guys who have like old 8-bit Atari stuff that are just going to die. There there really are warehouses that like we know of. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I would say buy the Apple II version, not the stupid Atari version. I'm going to disagree. Agree to disagree. Right. That's Agree cool. to disagree. Uh, but, like, really, uh, you should, like, if you want one, just, like, 
buy one with a cool box. Don't buy the windowed box one. Whatever you do. I don't know why this thing is like once something becomes a budget title, they're like, let's put the box art in a tiny little window and make it look like garbage. Don't get it. Doesn't don't make do sense. It. Don't do that. Stop it. All right. Um, anyways, that's a, that's a cool game you can go find. Boom. I was like really happy that Tyler knew what that game was. Um, my last game is another like off the wall one for me. And this is Friday the 13th, the computer game. So, and this is for a few different systems, even though it's called the computer game. You can buy it on the Commodore 64. You can buy it on the ZX Spectrum and you can buy it on the, uh, Amistrad. So these are like, it's pretty obscure. It's hard to find the ZX Spectrum one. Totally easy. Got awful art on it. You can, you can pay $25 for that if you want to get it. You're going to have to like open it, your search up to worldwide on eBay to find that, but you can buy it. It's not a big deal. No problem. The Amistrad version is the hardest one to find complete. You can find like a disc of it. It's about, you know, give me anywhere from $50 to $100. The one I like best is the Commodore 64 one. And I, I think the Amistrad version also had this, but it had the sweetest pack-in I have like ever seen in a game. And I don't know why this even exists, but it has foaming blood capsules that it came with. Like, Gross. what? Stop. What is this? Like, what? It came with a little package and it says foaming blood capsules. You're like, why would they include, like, so you can pretend to die while playing Friday the 13th? <laughs> it's, it's like so bizarre and it's awesome. It's not a feely, it's a tasty. Like, I... I like there was one that sold with the blood capsules like a month ago and I found out about this late and missed it by like two days and was so sad when I found out about it. So by the time you guys hear like a month and a half, two months, but I would, I, I'm going to look for these blood capsules forever, never find them just never, ever. But, uh, yeah, also the cover on it is pretty cool. There's some variants of the cover, even for the Commodore one. So check it out. The Commodore one. Also, it looks like a tape. Like if you aren't from, familiar with the zx spectrum and why would you be or z i should say zx spectrum right you should uh, better say get it right johnny yeah so like let's i've got to remember european uh zx spectrum uh you know they, they came on like cassettes like that you would put into your computer but they look like just like old school cassettes so don't don't be like that's not a game it is so you could very easily confuse it as not but uh, yeah dummy yeah it's awesome. You damn the- kids, get off my lawn. You weren't loading your games off audio cassettes. You yeah, weren't you either. Do- I know, never was. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's got it's, it's got like a sweet cover. It's got like the original Friday the 13th, like art with the mask and the blood and the knife through the eye. Like this cover is so good, except for the ZX Spectrum, which looks like somebody's like 12-year-old cousin was like, I could draw a Jason mask floating in the sky. It's, it's terrible. Go look at it. The, it's like it's times like this. I wish we were recording so I could just show you a picture of how dumb this is. But um, we sh- we should we should start doing a video version oh of this man. podcast. Who would edit that? Not Tyler. We do. We wouldn't. There oh. would be, be a Patreon thing, and then we could oh, just okay. like put it out there. All right. Um. Anyways, so go ahead and check that out if you haven't. Um. It's a game like I didn't really know about because I like pretty much all my Halloween stuff like stayed on the console. And I was like, ah, oh, you know. I want to diversify the Halloween collection, uh, you know, get some like weird stuff out there. And I was looking through and I found this Friday the 13th and I was like, man, this thing is awesome. 
So I hope you think it's awesome too. I haven't bought mine yet. So let's create my own competition. Let's let's fight for these blood capsules. Or if you have some blood capsules and you want to sell them to me from this game, and you are a weirdo who owns this, please sell it to me. I would like to buy That's it. That's how you do that. That's leverage the podcast, Johnny. Yeah, I, I don't know how many people on the podcast are like, yeah, I've got a bunch of Commodore 64 stuff. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know what you guys have. I bet you guys got a bunch of cool stuff lying around and you've been like, Johnny hates this kind of shit. I don't want to tell him about it. <laughs> and remember, if it's even loosely tied to Halloween, I'm, I'm like, yes, yes, I will spend weird money on it. Why am I buying foreign virtual boy games? Who knows? Halloween knows. That's who. All right. And that's 12 games, 12 Halloween games. It's actually a little more than that, Whew. but I'm going to give Johnny, you one I do want to say that Friday the 13th comes with a, uh, there's a cassette and a disc version for the Commodore yeah, they, and they both are, are red. So they will stand out. Yeah, they do. Uh, put them with your uh, maximum carnage and doom set. Everybody on Instagram go by. It's part of the red media. That's not normally red set. That's a pretty important set. True. Yeah, you should get that. Make sure you're getting um, some N64 games, too, because that's got some Ooh, All-Star Baseball 2000? Is that one? I, dude, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good one in the red garbage. set. Yeah. We should make that a real Collector's set. Collector's Quest Colors. <sighs> we should do that you one. should save like, this for the Collector's Quest Colored Red we, episode. Oh, it, we're definitely doing it now. It's going to be one of our <laughs> flesh with plush-like episodes. We're going to promise it for two years, and then one day it'll just come out. It'd be great. I'm putting it on the ideas list. Collect, yeah, collector's Quest colors. Coloring with Collector's Quest. Part of the Crayola series. Um, all right. The bonus game time. So this is like a dumb game, and it is for the 360. So Xbox 360, you may know that you can download Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Whoa. Weird. What did Whoa. you know? Yeah. Did you know? That you can also get a disc version of this game if you buy the Konami Classics Volume 1. It's part what? of the three-pack. It's the top one. It also comes with Super Contra and Frogger. Whoa! But huh. also, this game is weirdly $45 to $50. Like, and sells consistently. And isn't for, again, for a system like the Xbox 360, which there's just a ton of... Every game is made and there's a ton of them and you can find them everywhere. This one isn't that common. Yes, fairly common. You can still find it pretty easily. But in comparison to the other games on the system, kind of hard to find. So, yeah, take a look out. And and uh, Konami Classics, you want to complete that Castlevania collection? Here's like a hidden little gem for you to go out and get. Konami Classics, so you can have that Symphony of the Night boxed if you want to spend $45 on something dumb. I'm not saying I would do that. I definitely did that. But it's something you should do. Nope. All right. There, also, there you is. said it comes with like a disc. It is one disc. It's like a compilation. Yeah. It, also, it, what? Also, this. Oh, there's a volume two as well. There's all oh, yeah, those assholes. Yeah, and that. So they've disc- got they've got Contra, but they're like, we can't give away Contra on the first one. Put Super Contra on there. Yeah, but I'm well, pretty sure it's the, the arcade versions like that came Attack, out on right? Xbox 360. Yeah, and it has Russian Attack too. But yeah. those are, they're all the arcade ones because I remember they're like, oh, Contra's coming on 360, and then I looked at it and I'm like, nah, that's not Contra. No, it's much worse than the nes version um yep. all right so that's uh that's the halloween episode uh that's one of them we got another one planned for woo. you woo got through it and uh, like we talked about a lot of ancillary stuff and i think we had a really interesting spectrum of games here 
uh, to talk about some interesting And you know, I wasn't pieces. even really sold about uh, Super Mario World being a Halloween game, but by the end of it, I uh, I sold myself. Nice. Good, uh, yeah. Good. That's what you Collector's Quest yourself. is here for. We can, yeah. while we're teaching people other things, we can learn something about ourselves, Stefan. That's oh, right. That, all right. That was very, that was very much you guys having a hug. Uh, cool. Um, let's go ahead and move into the second part of the show. Good thing Stefan doesn't have anything he needs to talk about now, since we already got that out of the way. I mean, uh, I got more stuff to talk no, about. No, you don't. You Shut up. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's fine. Nice times he for loves you it, Johnny, I hate that he loves it. <laughs> I know. He has no he, shame. No, he absolutely... Like, you didn't know this about him? Dude has... <laughs> I have no shame. He has less than me. That's gross. That's true. That's right. So, Shame is not a value that I have. Yes, yeah, so we we all know. Like, like if you saw Game of Thrones where they like walk her down the street and they're like, "Shame, shame," Stefan would be like, "What?" <laughs> He'd probably dance a little. It would be real weird. I, I would dance a little. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, and we, like, let's keep this quick because who knows how long we've even been recording at this point. No, I hate um, keeping it quick, Johnny. I love a, this part of the show. What did you buy? And did you sell anything? And what did you play? I bought Saw and Medieval 1 and 2, actually, <laughs> uh, very recently on topic with the show. Oh, weird. Yeah. No, um, so, uh, actually going for my collecting goals, um, I need to shore up my Sega CD set because I didn't realize how much I was missing. Like, I know I, I'm not a super insert guy. But I'm missing major inserts on the Sega CD. So I went and I bought, uh, like, Kids on Sight comes with, like, a tattoo. And I know that game, like, you can get that new for, like, 30 bucks. But, like, I didn't have the tattoo in that. And then I guess the big things, I got an NBA Hangtime 95 with the poster. Um, thank you, everyone else, for not bidding against me on that. Because that's a game that shows up, like, once a month, maybe. And uh, I bought a whole new copy of uh, Popful Mail. Because Popful Mail comes with like, like a strategy guide, guide mail away insert, some stupid insert that doesn't matter. Uh, and Popful Mail, if you haven't been keeping up, it's like over five hundred dollars now. Uh, and so that is actually a game that I might sell. And by might, I mean I'm going to sell my worst copy of Poppin' Mail because I just bought it to get a stupid insert. All right, and that's why I said, is there anything you're selling? I, I kept you in mind there. So Ooh, if you guys are interested and want like leverage the body, if anyone wants a popful mail, Tyler has one for no, sale. No, it's, it's probably going to, it's going to take me like a year before I get around to be. No, like, no, no. Popful oh, yeah, mail is for sale. If you contact Tyler, <laughs> when he gets his, he'll sell it to you. If you give me $200 more than I pay and you know, it's incomplete. Yeah, let's, let's do it. I actually got a pretty good price and I found it on game TZ. I never find anything on game you TZ. You say that, but you found something like a month ago on game TZ. Oh, well, I found my odyssey. Uh, probably the best thing I bought all year was from Game TZ, kinda. And, and so. that was like an episode after Join Game shit. TZ, maybe? Is there good stuff on Game TZ? You shit on Game TZ like a month before that, and then you found two good things on Game TZ. Huh. Apologize. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Apologize now. The, the forum that like literally only I'm on and none of our listeners are on. Yep. Uh, and then um, my good friend and listener of the show... Jeremy forgot his last name. Stefan, help me out. He's an art man. Oh, uh, I can Ooh, never. It's like yeah. it's like Buzza or Huzzah yes. or something like that. Hold on, I'll look up the spelling. So I have I don't to give him a it. shout out because he's a listener. Yep. Oh, but 
Buzza. Uh, Buzz. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm pretty close. Anyway, uh, he sold me a uh, QVC Maximum Carnage. Uh, everything but the game, but whatever. I already have the game. Importantly, it has the little uh, insert under the pins, which uh, a lot of them are missing. So I'm happy I got that. I think I got it at a pretty good price. I'll just say it. I don't like keeping price a secret. $450? That's not that bad for a QVC Maximum Carnage. Huh. If the I'm box is Buzz nice, Ash, it's, it's, it's a good name. price. Buzz Ash. Uh, box, Buzz Ash. It, no, he had doubles, so I got his worst box, but it was mostly like crushing damage, so I'm, I'm currently pressing it under like a stack of, of heavy books, and it should be fine. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I would, I would think that's a pretty cool thing that I bought. That would be the highlight of what I was buying if... Uh, Stefan didn't come out here with uh, 16 prototypes and a nice Nintendo World Championships that he found. Yeah. I mean, what'd you buy, Johnny? <laughs> um, well, let's see. What did I buy? I may have bought a demo of Medieval that I was talking about <laughs> on this episode. Um, but I didn't buy it on the show. I was That was a planned purchase. And um, went ahead and bought that. I did go ahead and buy Fatal Frame 2 and 3, probably the reprint editions. Uh, for those, like that $40 sum I was saying for each of them. I just went ahead and said, you know, I don't have those yet for PS2. Uh, and I, I want to feature a bunch of PS2 stuff this Halloween. So went ahead and picked those up. I bought a sealed Harry Potter um, and the Chamber of Secrets too, Because it came up on my eBay feed and it was $12. So I was like, well... I'll buy Are you that. talking about like on the show you just bought this? No, no, this was this okay. was like two weeks ago. It just hasn't come yet. Um, just random things I bought. So, and the reason like why people are going to be all about the Philosopher's Stone, but unless you're buying the sealed one for the PS1 or the GBA or the GBC, that's not like really the first one because actually Chamber of Secrets came out before Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Ooh. Stone. Uh, on the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. So, just so you know, I Chamber- will still say in every way the Philosopher's Stone games are more interesting. You think so? Well, they were made by different companies. Like, even if they're not technically the first, the fact that the second one's the first is dumb, and they're all basically rare because they're the wrong game, right? Yeah, yeah. Not rare, but not- less common than the second. Yeah, game. yeah, for sure. And it's also like a pretty fun game, actually. It's like a weird, like Zelda Majora's or not Majora's Mask, uh, Ocarina esque style kind of adventure game. Like just the way the graphics look. Not that it's obviously not Ocarina of Time, but uh, it's in that style. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's actually a pretty fun game. I wish there was. Uh, I wish they would remaster that game because that, like, I wish they would just remaster like the first three and make them look nice. Because if you try to play them on like a new TV, even though you can, you know, get them to run in like your PS3 or your, you know, your Xbox. It, it looks so bad. It looks just, it looks the worst. Just like, bleh, barf. So gross. Anyways, that like was like a random thing that came up. So I was like, yeah, I'll buy that. That's cool. Um, Cause I'm always just buying random Harry Potter stuff. And um, yeah, I bought a copy of fear two for the PS3. Now I can start saying, like random Halloween games I bought. And the reason I bought that is because it had a slipcase on it. So I think that's the first print came with a little slipcase with a PS3. So I bought that. And you want to know my big purchase? My most expensive thing I bought? Are you guys ready? I do. Oh, whew, thank goodness. Uh, Winter Blast Summer 
blast two pack, the, the double pack, the two for one rare Wii game garbage, total trash. Uh, Ooh. it's one of these Johnny, games. You said you bought this on the last show. Uh, did I say it? Uh, Johnny, I know because I edited that show okay. today. <laughs> well, I already said it. All right. That, that game came. And then I commented, wow, that, that will probably be rare or one of those that you bought will probably be rare because there's always some rare multi-pack. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, anyway, Maybe it might even be worth $6,000, Johnny. Nope. Let's, like, uh, let's Super hope Monkey is. Ball, player's choice is the joke there. Yeah. Because we got to no- explain jokes because someone didn't get it. Uh, and BT dubs, guys. There's a Switch double pack coming out. Target only. I think it's Mario Party and Mario Kart. Going to be an exclusive Target double pack. Don't miss that. You don't want to spend six grand on this thing in 35 years. Just saying. Nintendo first party. Whoop. Anyways, that's what I bought. Uh, I didn't play anything because life. Uh, Stefan. Uh-huh. Go ahead. What are you playing? No, no. Tell us the other things you bought. Like, Tyler, it gets more embarrassing. It's not, it's not even over. Um, okay, so in part of that same lot, I got a few jackets that I was missing. Um, and... Uh, some like internal employee stuff um one thing that i i did also get was a um a gray counselor jacket so i'm actually gonna be helping the the uh party that i acquired it from to rehome that jacket so it may be available uh when you listen to this podcast so hit me up if you're looking for that gray counselor metro jacket which is very very desirable um and and all all those proceeds are just going to go to the original owner um what else did i do oh uh so this uh weekend actually i am headed up to the seattle area uh to to pick up some um uh nintendo power covers so i actually located seven more covers so uh so that will be added added to (laughs) the seven yeah so that will be added to the yeah generally you know because when you when you find when you find an artist you typically or at least i've been in the position where i've been able to kind of just whatever they had that they worked on for nintendo power i just I, i i pick it up pick all of it up so um Essentially, his entire body of work for the magazine is is what I'm going up to to pick up. I, I mentioned the the Magical Quest cover, um, but also the Secret of Mana cover, um, the uh, Pugsley's whatever Pugsley's Adventure was that oh, what it's called? Yeah, you that, can post yeah. it for Halloween. Yeah, so I got that one where he's just it's just Pugsley like snapping his fingers or yeah, whatever. Terrible, um, uh, I got the. Um, I'll be picking up the Ninja Gaiden cover, which is amazing, um, and yeah. the and the uh, the Tetris cover, which I haven't t- talked about yet. So, um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, I love couple- the Ninja Gaiden cover because uh, when you first started collecting Nintendo Power covers, I specifically mentioned like even Stefan, if you ever find the the Ninja Gaiden cover without the stupid Ninja Guy in front of it, that would still be super cool. And there you go, and you that found that and that's what it is. Like that cover is vastly improved by that ninja not being there. Yeah. So I'm hoping it fits on my scanner because if, if people listen, listeners know that I have a very uh, high quality scanner now, and so what I'd love to do is to be able to scan it at a high enough resolution that for future conventions I can use it as like a photo op. Oh, uh, like, that I would be blow, awesome. <laughs> I want to blow it up to a background size so you can like take your fucking stupid ninja pose 
uh, picture in front of this you, backdrop. I thought it'd be super uh, you cool. You should have it with like uh, ninjas. Like you should have some props, some ninja stars, a uh, uh, wakasashi, a katana. You know. Yep, for sure. Yep. So, so yeah, fantastic I got fantastic ideas, Stefan. I got a bunch of art things happening, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's what happened. Some good stuff. It's been a, Stephen, been a crazy you, couple of weeks. It's an embarrassment of riches. You were, you're the worst. You're, I think you're the worst. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, Stefan, am I incorrect in saying, uh, at, let's say after this pickup, you'll have like maybe most of the, the drawn Nintendo power covers? Like how um, many more are there? I know of six in private hands right now. Um, but I will have if you consider so if you if you consider um the clay covers as covers, right? So like my Wiley maquette, if you say like, okay, that that's the that's the quote unquote cover for the um the for that issue. Um I have around twenty-six covers. Which is a ridiculous thing to say. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's a very that's ridiculous not, thing to say. Yeah. So, hey, ha- off the top, uh, how how many claymation covers were there? Like nine, and I have. Wow. S- I, so I think there was nine clay covers, and I have six of them. And one of them's gone. How right? did that even exist? That Stefan, that's just wrong. Stop it. Mansion the mansion is, is gone. gone. The Metal Gear robot is gone. The. Um, so I so I guess there's a couple more because there there were two Mega Man ones right uh, I have the Mega Man two and then there was a, a a second one it was a different Wily ship so that's gone the Ducktales computer is gone what about Blue Clay Mario and the well Blue Clay, Clay Mario was not made of he was he was made out of um model like oil clay not not uh, polymer clay. So he just collapsed under his own weight shortly after he was photographed. Um, oh no! Yeah, because it basically, so they they had um, the artist who did the 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 first issue that cover worked for Wilvinton Studios, and if anybody who knows anything about Wilvinton Studios, he did he basically did all of the stop the popular stop motion product uh, throughout the eighties and nineties. So, um, because that artist was from that studio, they used the medium that they had, which was this oil clay that is made for stop motion. So you can continually move it, but that doesn't stand the test of time because it never dries, uh, cause it's not supposed to. So, um, so the first cover collapsed under its own weight shortly after being photographed. Um, as, as Johnny mentioned, the, the mansion is gone. Um, the Dr. Mario is presumed destroyed as well. And then if you could also count the very, very last cover, um, I actually know where it is, but it's not currently available. Ooh, I can't wait to see that one. Yeah. Cool. I'm working on it. <laughs> so you have most uh, of the existing ones. Yes. Which is a dumb thing to say. Now, I here's... I think I have all of the existing clay ones. So here's what I need you to find for me. Okay. And I need you. It, it's fine. It can go live in the museum, but it needs to be for me. I need you to go find the Castlevania Dracula's head. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's I, that. That's a popular one that people are like, oh, yeah, well, do you have Dracula's head? And I'm like, no. And they're like, whatever then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would also accept the helmet or like the weird like armor that guy is wearing. His red I'm sash. Pretty sure, 
any that, piece of that. That stuff looks off the rack. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure that was just like costumey. Same thing with like the ninja costume. I'm pretty sure it was just like Halloween store costuming. You could probably find that okay, off the rack. Stefan, find it because you know what? There's uh the BFG in Doom is actually based off a real toy gun from the early '90s, and like that toy gun is collectible because the BF. You could like you could literally see. Uh, the BFT was actually that gun, and then they mirrored it to make the other half. And that it's not like super expensive, but it's collectible. So you should find Dracula's head and uh, start well, well, here. selling them. Here, here. Well, I think the head the head is probably not off the rack, but I know that the oh, armor okay. that the armor that that the the it, it looks a little wearing. nicer than off the rack. So it may have been like whoever they they may have just hired out like a costume shop in the local area. You know, because they have yeah. those well, or you can buy like yeah. a little higher degree costume. But yeah, uh, like a rental, yeah, rental tier. Yeah, yeah, so you should, you we should find that armor right, and then uh, for collector's quest, we should have that as like your second photo op, where we'll <laughs> we'll get someone to sculpt a <laughs> Dracula's head or just buy one, and then it should be Johnny's could, head. You can. Uh, well, I think it'd be funnier <laughs> if like we did all three of our heads that you could pick, and then like uh, a, a clay version of it that was like colored that bluish green. And then, um, you know, you could take a picture of that armor in front of like that red, like curtain backdrop. We can recreate that fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yep. Yeah. Whenever we go to conventions again, whenever that exists. Yeah. Anyways, is that all you got? Is any, any other one of a kind rare prototypes, one of ones, uh, you know, legacy pieces you need to talk about on this episode. I just uh, I just bought an Illusion of Gaia prototype tonight, actually. Well, okay. If we're you, talking about you it. asked us if you should buy it, and it wasn't yeah. like an outlandish price in this world of outlandish prices. And you're Especially like, for like this? one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, should you buy this thing that is one of your favorite games? Yeah, yeah, dummy, yes. go get it. So I did. Yeah, good job. Uh, okay, <laughs> guys, that is our Halloween episode. We got through it. Everyone, thank you so much for listening, <laughs> and uh, you know, following along with the podcast as we as we move along here and participating in our halloween episode i am going to be doing the the halloween tag again so it's going to be uh halloween gaming 2020 the scariest year there ever was that's not going to be part of the tag but uh Uh, you know that that's going to be there and then i've got like it depends how much time and energy i really have because i've got like uh like a secondary instagram name i was gonna do for some spooky kids books because some people did ask me about that like all these weird kids books i buy for my son uh some which are age appropriate some which are not uh so i was gonna do like i didn't want to like tear up my thread with that so if uh, that's something you're interested in let me know and i'll i'll start getting those out too and then uh there may be some other stuff there there's a lot of room for halloween stuff this year and I can't wait to see what you guys are doing. Hopefully the guys will participate more this year. Stefan's got a few cool pieces he could definitely put out, like some art pieces that he can show off, which would be sure. pretty sweet for a Halloween yeah. tag. So uh, yeah. hopefully you guys will do that. And maybe one of you just bought Medieval 1 and 2, which you could, you know, post in October, Tyler. So, and maybe Saw. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like you didn't just buy some stuff that you could participate with. So make sure you guys use the tag Halloween Gaming 2020. Thanks a ton. And Tyler, where can we find you? Instagram, Video Game Sage, YouTube. That's probably really it. Hey, I I'm mean, Default Gen. Default G-E-N. Yeah, make sure you check out all the Retro Gem Miner stuff. It's pretty so glorious. Great. And then, um, you know, give it a listen. Tell your mom about it. 
Yeah. Stefan? Uh, Instagram and YouTube and video game sage as Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N-1981. Uh, more readily active on Twitter as Boo. Art of NP. Uh, it's Art of Nintendo Power or like legit, you can just search for the Nintendo Power and you'll find me. If you search for Art of NP Twitter, it comes up with like an investment Twitter thing. And I'm like, what? Is Stefan investing in shit? It's like, oh, no. this isn't him. Huh. Huh. But if yeah, so you're better Google off results for, are different uh, for everyone because Google true. knows everything about us. So maybe it just knows that I'm way into investing. That you're an investor? In, Probably. Yeah, I'm a huge investor. Anyways, you can find me uh, pretty much on this podcast. And like, I haven't even posted much on uh, on the old IG, but that, that'll be changing. Uh, because Halloween is here and I got to make sure I get up 31 posts. Got to do it. Um, good luck. I, I mean, you don't need luck cause I know you're going to do it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a rough year and time is short, but I'm going to try to make sure I get that. I love, I love this time of year. And if you look, the thing is, if you use that tag too, I follow that tag. So then I usually go through each night and see who posted what like cool stuff. And you know, you guys expose me sometimes to games I haven't heard of. So like the more obscure, weird stuff you have, the cooler that is for me. Like, look, I'm looking at Amistrad stuff right now and Commodore stuff and, you know, weird Apple two C like I'm, I'm, I'm game for anything that you're showing me right now. So don't be shy. Let's see that weird Halloween stuff. And if, uh, doesn't outwardly look Halloween, like say a, a Super Mario, or it's got a moment in there. Tell me why it is. Tell tell everyone else too, because people love Halloween, and uh, they want to know. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, Johnny. You keep saying Amistrad, isn't it Amstrad? Amstrad. Amistrad. I'm thinking of the movie. I'm just conflating the two. I keep hearing Amish Drive. Amish Drive. <laughs> I'm like what? Yeah. Yep. So Amstrad. Yeah, it's Amstrad. Just. Just uh, put a note in the show that Johnny is just uh, confusing. No one even knows what that is or cares. They're gonna be like Amistrad. That's a movie I saw once. I don't. I don't even have that console. That that movie made me feel some things. Now there's a bunch of older dudes who are gonna know. The they're gonna be like, did he say Amistrad and ZX Spectrum? God, this guy's an (laughs) idiot.